Right. I don't want to. No, I don't like porpoise. No. Porpoises. 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 Is you getting revenge for the whole I'm not touching you thing? Hello, gentle listeners. Welcome to the Diogenes Club podcast of Buffy, Slayer of the Vampires. There are spoilers ahead and apparently cat noises and swears ahead. So if those aren't your thing, please turn off the podcast. (laughs) This time we'll be discussing Buffy Season 2, Episode 8, The Dark Age, wherein there is more Ripper. Yay! (laughs) Yeah. As always, I am Jen and this is Snard. Michelle. (laughs) Whatever. We are the sisters, Tuck. Indeed we are. (laughs) So this episode will conclude our, uh, our Ripper arc. Yes, it does in very fine fashion. It does indeed. Yes, not the last we will see of Ripper, however. <laughs> yes, and of course the, the the ongoing story of Buffy's uh, lack of success with dads. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's so sad. <laughs> yes, oh, it is. It's Buffy. hard. Oh, well, she's Buffy. Had, but if she didn't have daddy issues, she wouldn't have all these issues with men, and then we'd have half of our plot gone. Yeah, she'd be like, what? I don't have a problem. Yeah, like, it's fine. I have a perfectly <laughs> healthy relationship. Like, she, her, her story would be like mine. Oh, look, I met a perfectly normal and happy guy, and I, I am normal and happy with him, and, and we are normal and happy together. And every now and then we fight, and maybe we have a problem, but then we resolve it. Well, we're it normal would, and it happy. Would, it would be just like if, if she had um, actually gotten together with Faith. They'd have to end the show because yeah. no, I mean, two slayers, <laughs> the big bads would get killed off in like two seconds. Yeah, <laughs> they'd, they'd open a B and B or something. Yeah, you know, like they'd be she'd totally show up happy. in L.A. Like even Angel wouldn't go over here because Buffy would show up in L.A. and be like, "Well, so uh, how you doing?" <laughs> like. I'm fine. How are you? Oh, Faith and I are great. We just exactly. redecorated the whole house. We got we, another cat. <laughs> We're thinking about adopting a kid, you know. Yeah, Dawn's great. doing great in school because yeah, Faith, Faith does Dawn's homework with her and she does, you know, she's got flashcards and stuff. It's great. Yeah, Faith's it's learning fantastic. a lot. She got her, yeah. Faith got her GED. It's really great. Our <laughs> lives are fantastic. Yep, is closed. We got that one taken care of. And God, would... that was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody watching the show would doze off. Yep. <laughs> like, oh, can we, oh, they're happy again. Oh, great. <laughs> oh, the big bad lasted 20 seconds. That's great. <laughs> yeah, it just wouldn't be a thing. No. I mean, we've got to have the struggle. Otherwise, the metaphor doesn't hold up. It's true. <laughs> oh, so Buffy merged with her shadow self in the middle of season three. Well, that was fun. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Show's over, everybody. Go home. <laughs> Look how happy she is. <laughs> All right. So... Buffy's daddy issues. Okay. Yes. So just so you know, there's no plot without conflict. <laughs> Writers out there. Very true. Yes. <laughs> Must have conflict, even if you manufacture it. Yes. <laughs> Which they don't really in this show because everything happens wonderfully no, they organically. Don't. Well, they, they pre-manufacture it by having everyone come with a very, very deep, unending flaw. Absolutely. That they continually fall into regardless <laughs> of situations around them. And as so. we mentioned when we were talking about season one, all these people with these flaws are all parts of Buffy. So we know that Buffy is fundamentally flawed as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. And as yeah. long as Buffy has a flaw, everybody else is going to have problems too. Absolutely. So, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so bleeding terrible taste in men is oh. a great flaw to keep things moving along <laughs> and bringing in fresh blood. Absolutely. So to speak. Yeah. Both warm and cold. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hot and cold running, running blood. drama. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we, shall we get underway with yeah, our episode? Probably. All right. 
<laughs> we open on Sunnydale High Campus, and I would have been totally confused, except that the prop department put some signs there. Thank you, <laughs> prop department. <laughs> there is a rather sweaty and panicked British guy carrying a briefcase, and he asked a janitor where he could find Rupert Giles. The janitor helpfully clarifies for the guy that uh, Giles is a librarian and can um, you know, be found in the library. <clears throat> uh, sweaty guy takes off in his panicky way without saying thank you, and the janitor is rather offended by that, I yeah. have to say. At least the vampires thank me. (laughs) (laughs) You'd think it would be the least of his problems being a janitor at Sunnydale High on top of a hellmouth. It's probably his second day because all the other ones get eaten. Probably. It's probably like one of the highest turnover jobs that there could possibly be. Absolutely. They disappear. Oh, I guess you left. (laughs) Uh, Has anyone checked the locker room? (laughs) Of death. That's why we call it that. Uh, he's almost to the library when he hears the dread sound of twigs snapping and kind of a groaning noise, and that's not good. Uh, he turns and sees what I'm sure is a very nice lady. Uh, he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's not thrilled to see her, and, and maybe I should amend my description of her to be, um, I'm sure that at one point she was a very nice lady, but she's looking a little the worse for wear, uh, and she has glowing eyes. <clears throat> Him. Uh, yeah. Uh, so he recognizes her, and apparently this is Deirdre. And there are a few different ways to spell Deirdre. Uh, the most popular, I think, is D E I R D R E. But this formerly nice, uh, formerly ladies, is, is spelled D I E D R E. Uh, and of course, the first four letters of that uh, literally spell what was going on. Yeah, uh, Deirdre has totally died. <laughs> <laughs> That was a nice touch. That was, yeah, that <laughs> lovely deconstruction, too. <laughs> I was watching the captions. I'm like, Diedra? Oh, oh. They're trying to tell us something with that. Yeah. Uh, she recognizes him, too, calling him Philip. And I'm happy I can stop calling him Sweaty Guy. Uh, <laughs> Philip is rather freaked and takes a page from the damsel handbook and falls down. Uh, <laughs> He starts banging on what is definitely not the normal door to the library and is also red. Uh, and actually, this might be how the random vampires keep getting into the library. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like Giles says that, that Xander's going to go out through the stacks right. in school hard. So now all of a sudden we have a magical new door to the right. library. He should just call it the and vampire door. Yeah. It's the vampire door. <laughs> oh, just go yeah. through the vampire door. Or possibly the Ethan Rain door. It possibly so. Yes, absolutely. Um, and so, uh, uh, of course, Deirdre is, is closing in on him. Uh, in the library, Buffy is working on her cardio via step aerobics, and Giles has his hands over his ears to keep blood from dripping on his books. Um, <laughs> this is really bad music. It's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, not fond of, fond of her choice in, in music at all, and it does seem pretty loud. And, and it's so loud, in fact, that neither uh, of them can hear Philip's frantic banging on the door. I will say... Philip is not a great problem solver. Um, I would, I would, I would say running away from the thing that is kind of just slowly walking at you and then breaking through the nearest window might be a better approach. This is one of my biggest pet peeves. But about... he's already established himself as a damsel. Yes, he is. He's a damsel. But like, you just talk to a janitor. Go back, find Wanitor, <laughs> right. you know, and right. say, hey, do you think you could let me in through the front because right. there's this zombie thing? And maybe you should run with me. Right. You know, help, help. Yes. Uh, Deirdre's going to kill me. Yeah, it, it's yeah. actually my problem with a lot of zombie fiction. Absolutely. Shambling but... piles of gooey death. Just don't scare me that bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, I, I like my zombies fast. Not yeah. in real life because... No, yeah, but, no. but you prefer like uh, 28 Days Later. Absolutely. Those yeah. are my favorite zombies. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, because they're legitimately scary. Because uh, they run at yeah. you. <laughs> like, fuck that. Yeah, I can't demons. get a headshot in if you're running at me. 
<laughs> I want to just be able to sit on a roof and like pick y'all yeah, up. Yeah, and they just like shamble and like, <laughs> just like just go to the side, like move to the side a little bit, yes. and you, the zombie will go past you. Also, and and in my in my collection of random trivia from mm-hmm. the internet, um, fantastic song from Jonathan Colton called "Eat Your Brains." <laughs> I, I will link it, and this is, I'm going to cut this out, but it's like, hey, Tom, it's Bob from the office down the hall. Good to see you, buddy. How it's been? How you been? It's Things have been all right for me, except that I'm a zombie now. <laughs> Thinking you could let us in. <laughs> and that's important, gentle listeners. Don't let zombies or vampires in yeah. your house. Yeah, don't. <laughs> <laughs> and... Alas, Philip doesn't listen to either of us, and now Deirdre is strangling him. Uh, inside, Buffy is finished with her cardio and switches off the music. Giles is relieved, he says, and the rest is silence, which, of course, are Hamlet's last words. Yes, um, and, and also, little quote from the Buffy oh, movie. Yes, the original. Yes, right before she goes all slayery. Yeah, so Joss likes that line. Yeah. As he should, because it's Hamlet's last words. Yeah, and yeah. it's fantastic, and yeah. he doesn't love Hamlet. I know. Yeah. It's my favorite. Does um, that actually imply anything about Giles's mindset? Do you think? Is it because this just occurs to me? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, you've got the no, no. I, 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 okay. I, actually, um, <laughs> I had to, I had some thoughts about it, but I wasn't able to really cohere them into anything. Well, I mean, he does have a um, a Hamlet esque way of pretending to be slightly mad in the in the opposite direction. Yes, he's pretending to be very sane, isn't he? Yes. <laughs> he's pretending to be very sane and very adult. Yes. And the fact is that nobody has it together. I mean, this is this is the hard truth of adulthood. Yes. Thanks to Facebook and watching other people struggle with adulthood, we can now know about this and that we're not alone. In graphic detail. Yes. yes. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes very graphic. Um, but like adulting's hard. It is. As, I mean, as Giles explained at the hard. end of, of the last episode, lie to me. It's not easy. No. It's all gray. It's really There's not. no black and white. Yeah. It's just all big mess of gray. And, you know, we used to look at our parents and think they had shit together. And now it's like, oh, yeah, I I have to set reminders. Like, what do we do before cell phones? I have to set reminders for every fucking thing. I know. And how do you know where you are? I know. I know. <laughs> or where everybody else is. <laughs> like where are you at, dog? Like, what, <laughs> well, what like, do we do? Well, like, I, I, I get a glimpse of it when I play video games. Because um, I have no idea where the fuck I am at any point <laughs> in video games. <laughs> Because they're still like, hey, there's my GPS. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I didn't, I don't think I liked that time before no, GPS I and cell phones. I like the progression of technology. Oh, I, I look too. forward to being a cyborg. <laughs> um, you know, they're working on like camera enabled contact lenses. Sign me up. <laughs> I, cool. I want all of it. So you'd be like the Buffy bot. Yeah. Anya likes money. Hi, Anya. How's your money? <laughs> I want to be like Motoko in Ghost in the Shell. Yes. Or at the very least, Togusa. Can you You'll, hear my silence, gentle listeners? You will know I have what no this idea. is eventually. <laughs> and if you know what it is, you know what I'm talking about. Is it like the Terminator? No. It, oh. I mean, no. Is it like it's the Buffy bot? Japanese. No. I've exhausted, Japanese I've exhausted my knowledge no, of things. Okay. Terminator, <laughs> Buffy bot, I got nothing. They're cyborgs. Well, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Robocop. Oh, nice. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. There we go. Yep. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> uh, outside, uh, Philip is is quite dead now and falls to the ground. Uh, uh, Deirdre, uh, her work done, falls next to him and dissolves into a puddle of blue slime, which naturally spreads over and gets all over Philip. Um, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's because zombies are kind of funny. <laughs> When they're all well, shambling. This this is how it reproduces, though. I mean, yeah, it's a blue slime. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, 
we see a nightmare image flashes, which look quite a bit like Buffy's Slayer dream from the beginning of season one. However, the person who wakes up from this dream is Giles. And here's a summary of the dream. Uh, someone's getting a tattoo. Someone with a goatee wearing rose-tinted hippie glasses. Someone uh, putting their hands on the symbol of Igon during a ritual, because they're candles, so it's a ritual. Uh, rose-tinted glasses guy staring into the camera with candles all around. More tattoo-giving, and even more tattoo-giving. Uh, rose-tinted glasses guy saying, time to go to sleep. Uh, more hands on the symbol of Igon. Rose-tinted glasses guy uh, screaming, a demon, which of course we'll assume is Igon, uh, and assume uh, that rose-tinted glasses guy was the one who got taken by him. So that's pretty much what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Giles will confirm this uh, later. <laughs> and Giles is understandably freaked out by this whole thing. Uh, at school, uh, Buffy and Willow are playing a game called Anywhere But Here, which I don't think I've ever played. Um, most of my answers would have been really boring uh, anyway. Like, I would be home reading a book. <clears throat> yeah, still <laughs> <laughs> I'd sleep in and I'd read. Well, I'm typically not there to play Anywhere But Here because I fuck off and do my own thing. <laughs> There you go. Pretty (laughs) much a whole bunch of my life is just like, uh, now I'm going to fuck off and do my own thing. And that, gentle listeners, is the Mycroft and Sherlock nature of our relationship. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I'm shooting smiley faces in the wall and somehow managing to make it all work. And you have the responsible adult job and have it all together. It's true. Yeah. (laughs) I don't have as much fun. Uh, Apparently, uh, the point of this game is to come up with uh, elaborate fantasies of the celebrity of your choice in exotic locations. Uh, Buffy's involves a beach at sunset, which will be the setting of a real dream for her later in the series, though that won't be fun for her at all. Uh, this iteration fig- uh, features Gavin Rosdale, who may actually be allegedly clinically insane because he allegedly cheated on Gwen Stefani. Allegedly. Yes. <clears throat> I'm but- with Buffy's voiceover in Inca Mummy Girl. I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> but she does hesitate quite a long time before seeing Gavin Rosdale. So right. I think her first thought is angel. Absolutely. And she really, really will not enjoy that dream at all. No. Not even a little bit. No, not even a little. <laughs> but she does predict her own dream. She sure does, because that's the kind of show this is. Because mm-hmm. they always give you little clues about what's actually going to happen. Totally. Um, <laughs> and in this uh, in this fantasy scenario, there's a two blue uh, island, island water situation. He's massaging her feet. And those of you who are, who are in the Joss Whedon has a foot fetish camp can jot that in your notes. <laughs> <laughs> It really is a thing. People are really tracking like all the references to feet. You send me a link. I'll put it up. (laughs) I don't want to get sued by Jaws. (laughs) I don't think he'd sue. Well, he'd have to prove in court that he did not have a foot fetish. Yeah. And you you can't really prove a negative. So we win. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't want to think about fetishes. I know. I don't either, but it jumped out at me because I had recently read about it. And and people really. I was a ballerina and feet freak me out because I've seen as ugly as they can get. And I just can't handle. I can barely handle my own feet. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm kind of neutral on feet. I've. You know, I like giving foot massages and stuff, and but it doesn't turn me on. Yeah, I've, you know? I've had exactly two pedicures in my life, and they were both some of the worst, worst tragedies I've ever experienced. Oh in my God, mind. I would never let anybody like a stranger yeah. touch my feet. That's horrible. That's well, then they like scrub them and they paint your nails and they do all this stuff and they keep talking to you I and like looking up at you and it's weird. Never let a stranger touch my feet. Well, one of them wasn't a stranger, so it was a little less weird. I knew her. Might be even more weird. I would. I would have to be. I would, I would have to already be intimate with the person to let them touch my feet. <laughs> yeah, it was just. It was weird. But yeah. they they were they were at a nail salon nearby and they needed to train on a new technique and so they gave me like a free manicure and pedicure, and I was willing to help out. That's nice of you. That's a big sacrifice. I do like manicures. I don't like pedicures. I don't like people touching me unless I'm attracted to them. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> see, I can't have that stipulation. You see. <laughs> 
that's it. Like, yeah, I am would be an asexual problem. Yes, it is. Asexual so I, problems. I just basically have to go with like, hey, I like you. I will allow you <laughs> to be in proximity of me. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I actually find people that I find aesthetically pleasing rather frightening. So, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, you are screwed seven ways from Sunday. Aren't I, you? Know. <laughs> I know, but or not, not screwed seven ways yes. from Sunday is what I am. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Okay, yes. <laughs> Moving on, <laughs> as I ponder my life of chastity. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> uh, Willow's fantasy is set in Florence, uh, chowing around on a scooter and eating ziti with John Cusack. Chowing um, around. <laughs> I refer to Eddie Hizzard as much as yes. possible. Um, I don't really have any commentary on that that one, other than to mention that The Grifters is one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, see, to me, John Cusack is um, very beardy choice. That's a very good point. He He's is not a dish. He is the the safe. Uh, look at this heterosexual man uh, alternative. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but, I mean, you could very easily say Joan Cusack and maybe get somewhere with that. That's true. Um, you know, also, like... Is it weird is that I find 90s. her extremely attractive? No, no, not at all. Because she's, she's really hot, right? Yeah, she's awesome. Okay. Yeah, but, like, we're, we're talking about the days of, like... I mean, we had um, Johnny Depp mm-hmm. in the mix. We had... Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, who else do we have? Um, Some smoking hot yeah, dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can think of him. Um, the other one that was in was eating Gilbert Grape. Uh, DiCaprio. Yeah. Leonardo. We had yep. Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. And this is Titanic. This is post-Titanic. So he was definitely a thing. Yep. Um, so she kind of did go with the whoopee choice. Yeah. She yeah. really, she <laughs> went with the beardiest choice possible. Yeah. I think so too. Eating ziti. Yeah. It's, I mean, this is not, they don't even touch each other. No, <laughs> they, no. There's no. She goes around in a scooter and then she goes into a restaurant and he happens to be sitting there and they have food together. Yeah. Yeah. This is which, not if I were good. going to go on a date with a dude, that's pretty much what we would do. <laughs> like yeah. we'd eat and talk about girls together is what yeah. we would do. See, on the there day. you go. Yeah. yeah. And in Italy, that's what you're going to end up doing. Ciao. So, yeah. <laughs> Ciao. 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 <laughs> I know, gentle listeners, this doesn't sound very funny, but if you've seen Eddie, it's hard to... <laughs> Link in the show notes. I think it's be really there. funny. Oh, it's so good. Um, uh, Buffy compliments Willow's eye for detail because of the ZD. Not so much noticing that it was not a romantic fantasy in any way. Not even a little. Bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Xander stops by and they tell him what they're up to. Xander, because he's constant in his affections, he says, goes for what we are assuming is his standard answer. Amy Yip at the Waterside Park. All the better to ogle and linguistically damsel, I guess. I don't know. At least he's honest. Yeah, it's true. Which is also a little beardy. I mean, the whole thing is kind of beardy. Everybody's just like... He, he goes for the standard straight guy. Look how much of a straight guy I am with the, the big rack yeah. and the I'm bikini saying, and the water slide. I'm just haven't learned to stop lying yet from the last episode we is what I'm not. saying. <laughs> I suspect that... <laughs> well, given how this episode goes, um, Xander's uh, anywhere but here might be Cordelia Chase. Yeah, see, I think it was a little too... Yeah, the, the lady doth protest too much Perhaps kind of idea. she does. Yes. Um, yeah, I think he's just a little too quick. Just like I think, I think Willow's a little too quick. I think they're all saying fantasies that really are not actually the people that they want to be with. <laughs> and, and Buffy just does a slight bit of editing. Yes, because <laughs> yes. Buffy sucks at lying. She really does. The I'm other two are better at I'm it. I'm surprised Buffy wasn't like asbestos with <laughs> vampires and not asbestos, but yes, vampires, but not. Yeah. Well, I also like that her fantasy is right before sunset, so she gets to go slay. <laughs> oh my god, that's true. 
Like, like you could just say, like, thanks, Gavin, that was great. And she runs off and kills vampires. <laughs> and then she comes back and gets to save him, and he's all swoony. <laughs> because that's how she likes her men. Yeah. <laughs> manzled <laughs> and manzled and manzled. Yeah. <laughs> I still don't get how he cheated on Gwen Stefani. I don't, so I don't understand. Well, I mean, it's, I, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it. It's that's very more true. and more studies show that if you're a cheater, you're going to cheat no matter what you're going to do. That's There's very true. absolutely nothing that's going to stop you. <laughs> you might as well just get yourself into an open relationship right. and have done. It. <laughs> and if you are with a cheater, you're already in an open relationship, so you might as well open your side too. Yep. <laughs> or just get real with yourself uh-huh. and move on. But hey, if you're determined to stay in that relationship, make sure that you also have an open side. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to say. Yep. <laughs> and veto power, because if you open your side of the relationship, you also get veto power. Which yes. is very important. That is important. I've heard. <laughs> I'm too lazy for this. Yeah, show. I, I've never, I've never I just, done that either. But it's so much work. <laughs> but you know, I have witnessed it working. Mm-hmm. So you know, if you are naturally poly, let's say not even a cheater. Well, naturally, poly is yeah. different. You know, well, yeah, yeah. But let's you know, let's say that that poly is like being a cheater, right? So it's like, for the sake of argument, you could be a polyamorous oriented person. Sure. You know. You, you cannot confine yourself to one monogamous relationship. You are naturally inclined to open yourself up. And sure. that's what we would call a natural cheater. Ah, so, but yeah. And you just have to get with somebody who is similar in mind. Yes. Who can, who can work with that in whatever right. fashion. You Absolutely. Know? So it's like, instead of saying that it is a negative thing or something that goes against our values, you just say it's another orientation. Oh, fully agree. I fully agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, am I, if we're going to get all personal, uh, in my relationships, um, uh, they, they have been monogamous except for a bit where I was poly. <laughs> uh, um, <clears throat> yes, I'm such a stud. You're poly curious. I was <laughs> pretty good for a while. Um, but uh, uh, my, my general rule in, in relationships uh, is, um, is if you slip and you sleep with somebody, just tell me. Mm-hmm. And because the part that would bother me, and this actually goes with our, our theme of the previous episode, would be the lying. Yeah. You know, if, if you if you slip and sleep with somebody, that's fine. You just, I mean, you figure out what's going on. Do we need to reevaluate a relationship? Do we need to therapy? What's going on? Uh, mm-hmm. But if you cheat and then you lie, that is a betrayal that right. is fundamental. Well, and that's also entering the drug-like quality of the affair. Well, and, and that was, and that's actually why I think I, as far as I know, have not been cheated on. Um, because I had that rule in place. And once, if you have that rule... Mm-hmm. you have eliminated the naughtiness of cheating. So yeah. all it becomes is sex with somebody who has no idea where everything is. <laughs> <laughs> so why would you do that that's a good point. if the naughtiness is gone and that's the only thing that makes it hot mm-hmm. um, and you're left with just having sex with somebody who has no idea where everything is, you would right. go, you would naturally want to be with the person who knows where everything is and what you like. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the only thing sense. that's hot about cheating, I suspect, because I actually have never cheated, um, is the hotness. Yeah, that <laughs> I understand. Ooh, this is so naughty. Yeah, and, like, and, ooh. And, and that's a it's a conceptual thing for me as well. And, and my, I have the opposite. I have, I need you to tell me first, right? Because what I don't like is the reveal. <laughs> right. Well, I and, and my, I don't like the reveal. I want to know ahead of time so I can have feelings while it's happening. Yeah. Well, and, and my thing was was assuming it would be sort of a spontaneous, like, hey, you're with somebody. Right. Stuff happens. It's the stuff happened. That's true. But like, if stuff is thing. happening, you need to call me while your shirt's coming off. <laughs> Or we're done. Like, that, that's my thing is, yeah. you know, like, I need to know ahead of time. If you can't, if you can't give me enough respect to tell me ahead of time when you're about to do something I won't like, then we shouldn't be together. That's actually a point. That's yeah, a very good point. Because I can't be with somebody who doesn't have foresight. Right. If you don't have foresight, if you don't have the ability to recognize the impact of your actions ahead of yourself, even by a couple hours, 
it really can't be with you. Right. <laughs> I just can't. If you're one of those, oh, I don't know, it's just going to happen, people. Not so much for snow. Yeah, no. No, really not. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you're probably not for me anyway, because I only have one person who's for me, and he's downstairs right now playing video games. <laughs> and he is adorable. Or probably asleep. It's kind of late. Anyway. Yeah. And he's fantastic. He is a very Best cute guy. boyfriend um, ever. <laughs> so we just digressed a lot. But yeah, yeah, a lot. But... <laughs> That's why you listen to us, because you like spending time with us. Exactly. Or I'd like to whatever. think. Yeah. And if you don't like it, you hit the 30-second skip button until we got back to the episode, which we are doing now, oh, yes. I promise. Uh, so, uh, the Scoobies seem to have noticed Giles, and Willow wonders if he ever played anywhere but here. And guys, I'm I'm seriously not convinced that this is even a thing, and I doubt it would have been called <laughs> that in England. And Plus, okay, <laughs> judging by the name of it, you'd think you'd be trying to come up with the most gruesome scenario that was still better than what you were currently doing like clowns pelting me with rocks still better than high school um, <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. like or something like that and that kind of game i believe the english would know about and probably invented yes <laughs> like being bombed by nazis mm, I don't know. or i could go to work yeah mm, like, well yeah. that's a toss-up <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> Yeah. So, so basically, they're doing it wrong. They're doing it wrong. Yeah. Because they're they're teenagers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> teenagers do a lot of things well, wrong. I think so someone read some Power of, pes- of Positive Thinking book. Probably. You know, they're Willow. like... Willow. Willow. Oh, she probably did. <laughs> so they're trying to manifest a Willow, better reality. Willow the Fluffy Spirit totally read that book. <laughs> yeah. She's infected the others she with this, has. like, positive thinking vibe. Like, Willow, get. Yeah. Buffy's life is going to get really bad pretty yeah, soon. Like, so the last thing shit. she needs is this gorgeous fantasy to be comparing right. her life to. Right. Because the fantasy is going to get twisted around until it's pretty much just ripping out her guts. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of zombies. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Oh, so uh, Xander is pretty sure that Giles was all about school when he was their age. Buffy's sure that Giles would have found math to not be mathy enough. Um, <laughs> Willow, though, Willow seems to disagree, and she would know better than any of the rest of them about still waters running deep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, she wonders if maybe uh, he got restless as a kid, and we find out later she's right on the money. But Buffy thinks that even his diapers were tweed. Um, <laughs> she does know from Never Kill a Boy on the First Date that he wanted to be a fighter pilot or a grocer. Um, but I think she still assumes that he was very serious about those things. Yes, which I think he was totally kidding about those things. Because a, a grocer? That is... that. Like, talk about beauty. But I can see his ripper side being a fighter pilot and being a very oh, good one. yeah. Especially with those blue eyes. Yes. Because the majority of fighter pilots have blue eyes. Well, because it reflects better, right? I don't know. I think it's, a, it's, it's something where you can see movement better and something like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just... It's like a, an uncanny number. It's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, she calls Giles over and teases him about his tweed. <laughs> he has important business to tell her about going into full watcher mode in response to his dream. Uh, it's blood delivery day at the hospital, and she needs to make sure the blood gets to actual humans instead of hungry vampires. Although, letting them have the blood might save humans more directly. Yeah, if they're full. Yeah, yeah. I, maybe, this I, is, it's a conundrum, isn't yeah. it? Well, I, I'd say, because um, you have to dispose of blood after a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. Just conveniently leave that outside. Well, maybe they are. I bet the mayor won't. would have that set up. That's a very good point. Yeah. I, I forget who the mayor is sometimes. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> so cool <laughs> yes we're bad people so um so they make plans to meet outside the hospital at 8 30 he says he'll bring the weapons so really that's kind of extra bad that he doesn't show yeah uh, he's uh, really he's bad. of course worried that she'll be late and uh, she asks if he, she's ever let him down he offers a choice between a response and a glare <laughs> and i'm guessing he's thinking of the giant demon snake <laughs> this is one of my favorite giles moments like ever <laughs> I know. 
It's starting to just have Offer so you, much personality. Offering a choice. <laughs> and it really, I mean, it shows how much they bonded in the last episode, which will, of course, be blown apart because Buffy can't have anything nice for more than 20 seconds. Right. Uh, so Jenny Calendar sashays up and calls him England. Who is matchy, matchy. Uh-huh. Yeah. They're so, so compatible at the beginning of this. <laughs> oh, yeah. He gets all stammery. Uh, so perhaps Ripper is now gone as far as he knows. <clears throat> Willow jokes about their passion or lack thereof. And oh. that's a painful little future Just episode title drop. A little knife twist right it, there. It, I like... mean, I think my cold black heart got a crack in it with yeah. that one. Like, clink, ow. <laughs> And Jenny's like, enough of the lip, you. And Willow was coughing, really, just coughing. Uh, <laughs> Jenny reminds her that she's helping with the computer tutorial the next morning for kids who aren't good with computers. Xander gloats about the schlubs who will be at school on Saturday until he learns that he is one of the schlubs. Uh, <laughs> and so is Cordelia. <laughs> Actually, they're pretty much the only two schlubs. Yep, the only two schlubs in the whole school. Oh, Xander's... Well, maybe they've been thinking about something else and not studying. Maybe there's a reason Cordy blew off her computer class, mm. so she could be there. Anyway, uh, Xander is not pleased, so maybe he didn't see how she looked at him when he was army Xander. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Willow is going for the highest grade ever in, recorded in the uh, modern era because she's helping for extra credit. <laughs> and if you're in Willow's class, she is the one who's screwing up the grading curve. Like yeah. a, like two hundred and fifty thousand percent not cool Willow. Yeah, what our mom called them damn average razors. <laughs> <laughs> She'd say, "So is it a dar situation or what?" <laughs> no, let's just have a peek at the, what's on the lockers around Buffy, shall we? Oh yes, yes. There's a sign that says "widespread panic," and that sounds kind of familiar. So it may have been there before. But then there's a hand. La Mano is the, a card used in a game called Loloteria, which is similar to bingo, but instead of using balls with the numbers and letters on them, uh, a uh, La Loteria announcer will pick a card at random and give hints about the clue in the back. And then um, the players uh, will figure out which card it is based on the clue. It actually kind of sounds kind of fun. Yeah, that um, A general description on the back of the La Mano card is La Mano de Crimen, un, un criminal, uh, or Hand of the Criminal. Uh, Buffy is Manus, as you'll recall. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's another symbol above uh, Lamano, and after hours and hours of text about Cthulhu, oh about hours and hours of text about Cthulhu playing piano, and what the fucking fuck is that fucking thing? We think we've got it. We, we enlisted the boyfriend, we were and we were so relieved he didn't immediately know. Yeah, I had all of my tarot decks out. I was looking through every single card in every single one of them. So we're pretty sure. It's a zodiac wheel. Now, what does that mean? This is an episode that will show us that your demons, literal and also metaphorical, can ruin a relationship. We've referred before to Angel and Buffy being uh, like the moon and the sun, unable to exist in the same place at the same time. And maybe that sign is telling us the same thing, that they will never work, at least not as long as they're a vampire slayer and a vampire. Anyway, um, I'll be putting up a blog post as soon as we post uh, the podcast for this episode. So uh, you, gentle listeners, can have a look at Cthulhu playing piano. <laughs> <laughs> it was seriously such a struggle. Like, oh, my God. We, we have a, here at my house, we have one of the ultra HD TVs, and it's huge. So we, like, got there, and we got as close as we could. You know, we, like, we, we kept pausing it through the whole scene, trying to get the best picture. And then we're yeah. taking all these photos with our cell phones, trying to, like, figure out what the fuck this thing is. It's <laughs> I was like, I was expecting us to have to run it through Photoshop or something. Yeah, because it's it's just blurry enough. I mean, you know, it's important because it's 
right above yeah, Lamano. Right and they have so much. And I'm pretty sure they have a Shumash Indian behind. Um, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Native yeah. American. Right. <laughs> sorry. Uh, behind Buffy's head. So that's also kind yeah. of an interesting little Yeah. And I, and I should have looked up that picture, but I didn't. But yeah. I'm pretty sure it's a Shumash. Oh, that would make sense. That's who gives Xander his fun. It's funny, syphilis, later. yes. Would be great if it had been right behind Xander. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so, the, uh, uh, the set guys had a good time in this episode. They did. They always do. Oh, yeah. Uh, Giles and Jenny walk off together, and the kids all comment on how cute they are. And we agree. Willow suggests that they ponder sexy times between two extremely attractive people, but they're teenagers, so it grosses them out. <laughs> yeah, just watch all of their faces kind of go. Ugh. Willow gets there first. Yeah, she does. Well, because she, she suggested it, so she was already yeah. halfway there. And then it, I think it's like Willow, then Xander, then Buffy. Yep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and those of us who are not teenagers think about how very, very hot that would be, and then we get sad. Oh. Yeah. And uh, Jenny thanks Giles for the Forrester book, and I so want to know if this is E.M. Forrester, author of A Room with a View and Howard's End, or someone else. The shooting script and the transcript and the captions have different opinions about the spelling of the last name, so I <laughs> really have no idea. I'm going to go with the captions, who seem very sure it's Forrester. Um, she says it was romantic and evocative, which also suggests Forrester. And uh, it, it means it could be pretty much any of his books, but I'd put my money on A Room with a View. Yeah, me um, too. <laughs> which Giles, is also a fantastic movie. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, with Daniel Day-Lewis and Helena Bonham Carter. Like, yeah, and baby. Julian Sands. And, yeah. Oh, just kids. Yeah. So fun. It's it's a funny, beautiful movie. It is. Watch it's it. awesome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> fine family fun, kind of. You're going to have a bathe, yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Giles says that the book belonged to his father, who was also a watcher. Uh, we will remember from Never Kill a Boy in the First Date. Giles says that he's read it 20 or so times, such a romantic. Giles Aww. and Jenny, who loves nothing as much as giving him shit, teases him about how she dog-eared, underlined in, spilled coffee on, and probably also stuffed the book in a garbage disposal while he, sta <laughs> <laughs> while he stammers about it being a first edition. See, Giles, never be fun to tease. <laughs> He's a bit breathless about the whole book situation, but she promises to make it up to him with their first wild sexy times that weekend. Even though she called him sexy and is all up on him, he's still not sure what she means, and she clarifies well enough for him to get it. They kiss, but are interrupted by students. Damn it. And behind Jenny's head... Oh, I love this. ...is remember to back up your files. And she does. And she does. And then behind Giles, it says, know your limits. <laughs> and he does. He does, yeah. yes. Oh, but well, so, sometimes. Yeah. Mostly. He, no, he knows him. He just gets exceeds him sometimes. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> he and Buffy have a little bit more in common than maybe we think. Yes, she is happy to point out at the end of the episode, I will say. Yes. <laughs> and um, so they part ways uh, with her promising to make him squirm. She also checks out his ass. <laughs> 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 Wonderful touch by Robert Lamort. <laughs> Get it, girl. <laughs> in the library with hours from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. and Hacking Club on Friday, according to the little sign inside the door. <laughs> They had a lot of fun in this episode. Mm -hmm. uh, Giles finds some visitors, the kind with badges. <clears throat> Detective Winslow, who seems way too no-nonsense for Sunnydale and probably transferred to L.A. immediately after this episode, <laughs> <laughs> tells Giles that there was a homicide the night before and the victim had a piece of paper with Giles' name and address on it. Giles will, uh, will have to come with them immediately. Uh, Cordelia, though, cares not for homicides. <laughs> <laughs> and bursts in wanting to tell Giles about, about, about her plight. 
Saturday computer class, and reading a computer book. She's thinking that the whole reason for computers was to replace books, and this, I think, is a gentle reminder of Jenny Callender's first episode, I Robot You Jane. Yeah, I think it is, too. Mm -hmm. Also, I think Cordy might have burst in hoping that somebody else would be there. I think so, too. Because he's always there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I have to say, I am briefly a little off balance because I used to wonder the same thing while I was trying to type coding snippets out of a book. <laughs> <laughs> so Cordy and I have some kind of a mind thing going on. Huh, that's yeah. really funny. I have uh, never questioned the existence of computer books. It's a pain in the ass. <laughs> I, and, I mean, okay. I bet, see, and I get sad in this episode a lot, um, because I bet Cordy would have loved stackoverflow.com, which I adore, and I get, I get sad, because she will never, no, <sighs> fine, okay, <laughs> stupid show, <laughs> Cordy herself will cheer me up, though, um, Giles <laughs> tries to tell her that now isn't the best time, what with the cops and the guns and stuff, and Cordy tries to convince Detective Winslow to fix her traffic ticket, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Giles yells at her, uh, very rippery, I have to yes, say. Yes, and watch Giles' face. The right whole time she's here. talking, behind her, Giles is getting more and more ripper. Yeah. Just rippering out back there. <laughs> when we say ripper, we mean that Anthony Stewart head changes the entire energy of his presence. Absolutely. He his, changes his the entire polarity. bearing. His 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 shoulders are more square. Mm -hmm. His jaw is square. His, his accent fluctuates. Uh -huh. Yeah, but especially watch the jaw. If you watch his jaw and his eyes, you can yes. see Ripper come and go and you can see it. We pointed it out a few times. Yes. But you can see Ripper come and go throughout all of Buffy. Yes. He is keeping Ripper back every episode. Constantly. Every episode. Just a bit like Angel and Angelus. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. I think they yeah. recognize something, you know, the I am nobody, who are you? Kind Absolutely. Of <laughs> um, they've got that sort of recognition going on. But just Anthony Stewart's head, Stewart head does such a good job. Oh, he's job. so brilliant. It's this knife so edge you watch him walk, mm -hmm. especially in this episode. Yeah. Oh, it's it's so good. And, of course, band candy. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I can't wait for band candy. I know. I love it's that It's going to be like a four-hour oh, two-parter. <laughs> Just for us. We'll meld it all together when we yeah. actually publish the thing. Um, so, yeah. So, Giles, uh, of course, yells at her. And Cordy says, in perfect Cordelia terms, what? Why does everyone always yell my name? I'm not deaf. I can take a hint. What's the hint? <laughs> As we'll learn in a later episode, Cordy isn't dumb. Not by a long shot. She just says whatever whatever's in her head. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Giles tell her, tells her to come back later, and she's pretty sure he's had a caffeine overdose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in the morgue, the attendant, after telling Giles he was smart not to eat breakfast, even though this is like the 14th grossest thing Giles has seen this week, uh, oh, yeah. opens the Philip drawer, and indeed... The <laughs> There is Philip in the Philip drawer. <laughs> Philip looks kind of bruised all over his body and, and not so much just around the neck. Um, this isn't liver mortis because that kind of discoloration happens when the lowest points of the body, um, when the blood pools, when the heart stops. Um, Deirdre certainly didn't seem to be kicking him like this would imply. And Philip fell on his back and has stayed that way. So either Philip was attacked before off screen and got away or this is some kind of the transformation process, maybe? Yeah, like some kind of necrotizing. Because Deirdre yeah. was sort of oozing in all these little she spots. Was. And she, I mean, so, so there seems to be something that goes on with the possession. Yeah, I think, I think. it's probably a, um, this is me pulling out my other lore, um, but I'm thinking it's some kind of like ectoplasmic uh, breakdown. Like a burning through kind of thing. Yeah. Hmm. The degrading. Definitely. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. so. 
Anyway, but we we should probably leave Slayer suicide Buffy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Detective Winslow asks if Giles knows the former Philip, and Giles says he does, uh, but he hasn't spoken to him in twenty years. But this is Philip Henry, an old friend from London. Uh, Detective Winslow is hoping Giles knows why Philip was in town, but he says he doesn't. And then she asks if he knows what the tattoo he's obviously staring at means. Uh, he says he doesn't, and Detective Winslow doesn't believe him for a second, nor do we. But she can't really arrest him for lying about a tat, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's talk about this tat for just a second. Uh, it, it seems to have the sharp part of the mark of Igon pretty much touching the veins in the arm. So I'm thinking if that if we wanted to take this to a non-magical metaphor, it's sort of a chasing the dragon heroin thing, right? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I just want to make sure we're on the same page. Yeah. No, that location <laughs> is definitely... Yeah. With the little needle thing touching the arm, the vein. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so yes. too. Good, good. <laughs> uh, outside the hospital, Buffy is waiting for Giles and all the weapons, Giles... Yes. Oh, and Buffy's wearing angel costume, she so we're sure going to see is. Angel soon. Yes, we will. We know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she goes to call Giles on the payphone, but just then the blood delivery arrives. Buffy's excited about the cute ER doctors, but then she realizes there's no way doctors would be picking up blood themselves, which is totally true. Um, <laughs> a car pulls up to collect the blood cooler, and one of the vamp docs gets in trouble for sampling the product, and it's Slayer time. <laughs> Buffy gets in some nice kicks. This until, is a great Oh my fight. God, I love this fight so much. Um, and since and but since it's three on three with only like one little stake, Giles, one of the vamp docs picks her up and slams her on the hood of the car. She looks stunned for a second, but gets up, ready to dish out more punishment. It takes a swing, another approaching vampire, but it's Angel. And okay, the funny, <laughs> the funny part to me is that Angel seems totally surprised to see Buffy. Oh, and totally. He was there for the food, right? Yeah. Like so, I mean, Darla showed us the blood bags in the fridge. The ones that were not quiche. And from what, what he seems to be doing, and we, we watch this kind of carefully, and what Buffy sees him is he seems to be rushing toward the blood cooler, probably planning to grab it and drag it off. Yeah, like he's, it's like all of the hyenas are fighting over the food yeah, while, while the lioness go, comes in and sneak takes in. it or something. Yeah, yeah, he's going to sneak in and take the blood cooler yeah. from under him. I bet that's how he gets all of his meals. I bet it is. <laughs> But as soon as he realizes it's her, um, he's all about getting into he's the like, fight. Oh, oh, hey. Oh, hi, well, hi Buffy. Um, <laughs> I was just here to help you suddenly. Yeah. Hi. Uh, so he leaps on one vamp and she takes on the other two. See? He does not damsel Buffy at all. Nope. He doesn't. Spike doesn't. And Faith doesn't. Uh, Buffy pulls off a double staking, the last of which was a no look. Very nice. And Angel does a kick that is just fucking awesome really <laughs> i'm surprised he didn't take the vamp's head off with it all know, the way but off he does land in the car and yeah he off. kicks the vamp into the car <laughs> <laughs> and the vampire is able to drive off and oh man this i mean i i would have happily watched 15 more minutes of this fight oh, and yeah. then continued with the episode this yeah. was so good. Was good and i love angel's fighting style i'm it's always gonna say awesome it. he's so good yes but something's a little up with angel he's Isn't not wearing angel outfit he is not yeah, he's wearing some purple. Mm-hmm. It's like he might have something else on his mind. Yeah, perhaps he does. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, the, the sun and moon thing. Uh, so Buffy wonders how Angel knew about Blood Delivery Day, and Angel's like, um, vampire? Uh, yeah, and he was totally there for the free food. <laughs> Buffy asks him to get to the blood to the hospital and then gives him the, and by a hospital, I did not mean your fridge, eyebrow raise. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, Okay. Fine. Yeah, he doesn't look thrilled about it at all. <laughs> no. But I mean, he obviously well, knows what she has. They asks. ruined one bag, so he can have that. Oh, he can totally snack on that one. Yeah. And uh, how he pointed it out. Oh, that one's ruined. <laughs> that one right there with the fang marks in it. Yeah. He's probably he's probably scanning. He's like, 
Hmm, opaz. <laughs> I like O-positive. <laughs> she won't know if it's missing two. Yeah. <laughs> I need some AB negative later for my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she tells him she needs to go check on Giles since he's late, and Giles is never late. Angel also seems a little concerned about Giles' tardiness, and they're, I mean, they're kind of friends at this point. This episode is making me sad. No. <sighs> they will not be friends for long. Buffy arrives at the house of Giles, and of course he has wind chimes. Doesn't Giles seem like a wind chimes kind of guy? No. It's for the feng shui. <laughs> totally. Because he also has a crystal hanging above his I know. He is, it, the whole thing it's is like super He's feng covering shui. his bases is what he's doing. Yeah. He also has a really cool door with a little speakeasy hatch, which I covet. Uh, he answers, not uh, so much excited to see her or remembering about blood delivery day or the weapons he was yeah. supposed to get but together. But looking damn hot, can I say. Uh, yeah. 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 Stubble Giles is Hello. hi. <laughs> I'll look at you. You intimidate me, but I will look, look at, at you. Look at you, a big mess. Uh, <laughs> so he's, he's very scruffy and Buffy is all already alarmed uh he tells her it's late and asks if he's okay and uh, she shoots him she shoots the question back at him uh he says he's fine and doesn't remember blood delivery day still uh he says he's rather busy and buffy gets a peek inside his place which, well done buffy if someone is acting that weird always check if someone is forcing them to act weird you are mm-hmm. after all on the hellmouth. very very nice uh, he tells her he'll see her Monday and starts to slam the door in her face, but he's also apparently forgotten that she's the slayer and she catches it and <laughs> reminds him about blood delivery day with weapons. Totally his idea. Uh, he kind of remembers, but seems very, very far away. He asks if she was hurt and she says that other than her feels, she's fine. Uh, she asks what uh, what's wrong, and I must um, stop and compliment Buffy here. We went off on her a fair bit in Lie to Me because she was being very immature and in avoiding talking to Angel about Drew. But she's doing great here. This couldn't have been a particularly easy conversation for her, but she's direct and to the point, and well done, Buffy. Yes. She it learns. Buffy yeah. learns and adapts. That's one of her big, her big characteristics. Um, so Giles says nothing is wrong, and he's doing something really important right now that doesn't involve the Slayer, mm-hmm. but should, like, immediately, Giles. Um, and I'm just going to point out, he's not wearing his glasses he during sure this isn't. conversation. We're going to talk about this in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> but he recognizes Buffy. Yes, he does. So either he is the least nearsighted person ever, or he might be farsighted. You never yeah. know. Yeah. But, gosh, he sure doesn't need those glasses all the time, does he? No, he doesn't Mm-mm. seem to. Yep. Mm. <laughs> and then, of course, he does manage to slam the door in her face, and Buffy's like, what the actual fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it's so good. I think that Sarah Michelle Gellar had that in her head while she yeah. was doing the look. <laughs> it's <laughs> totally. so great. Uh, so Giles was calling England looking for Deirdre, but as the spelling of her name suggests, she is dead. And uh, it was recent, too. Giles is getting a sinking feeling, but he's still British, so he gives his condolences politely, and uh, he, even though he's freaking out. He slugs back his glass of Cromartie scotch, and I, I so want to try, but because Giles drinks it, but I couldn't find shit about it online. So gentle listeners, if you know about Cromartie scotch, please let us know. Uh, he crosses uh, Deirdre Page off uh, a list of names. Thomas Sutcliffe and Philip Henry are already crossed out, leaving only Rupert Giles and Ethan Rain. <laughs> we love Ethan. It's very exciting. Yeah, Ethan. And also a little more hint to their backstory. Uh, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> uh, he takes off his tie and rolls up his sleeves, exposing the, his Mark of Igon tattoo on his bicep, as if Giles needed to be sexier at this point. <laughs> He washes his face and stares into the mirror. So, he says, you're back. And yes, he's talking about Igon. But I'm thinking he's also talking about Ripper. Yeah, because he's not necessarily talking to it. He's talking to him. Right. He's looking in his own (laughs) eyes. He sure is. Uh, in the morgue, Philip isn't nearly the dead guy one would expect. And inside the Philip drawer, he pulls away his sheet, revealing the glowing eyes of Igon. 
Uh, and hats off to the guy who plays Philip. The way he moves is extremely creepy in this scene. It's oh, like yeah. slow and yeah, it's it's cool. Uh, the morgue, a morgue attendant named Kessler is just about to walk right into every every morgue attendant's worst nightmare. Uh, <laughs> he's checking drawers and their inhabitants. And I wondered while he was doing this if this is a check that all morgue attendants do, or is this a check that only morgue attendants on the on the Hellmouth have to do? <laughs> I would think that Sunnydale probably has a bit of history uh, of bodies scampering off to the point where they need to do a regu- regularly uh, regularly do an inventory check, kind of a thing. Yeah, like, like one, two, three, four. wait. One shit. <laughs> My last one. <laughs> he opens Philip's drawer, and you'll note he only seems mildly puzzled about the emptiness of it, which makes me wonder again if this isn't unusual for Kessler. <laughs> huh? Yeah, it's not the normal. Like, oh Jesus Christ, where did it go? That would be the normal reaction, right? Like the the jumping up on top of the table, like yes, there was a dummy like Xander around. with yeah, like yes. Xander with Sid. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that would be the appropriate reaction if you absolutely. have not had bodies run off on you before. <laughs> Philip sho- throws the sheet over him and shoves him into the drawer and then locks it and kind of zombie walks off. He's making a, ni- a little wheezing noise, which is a very nice touch because Philip was strangled and probably has some damage to his undead throat. Oh, good um, point. At Saturday slub school, <laughs> uh, neither Xander nor Cordy are happy with the situation. You but know, they, they are wearing say. very similar outfits. They are matchy, matchy, matchy. They are shipping him hard. <laughs> The and Cordy's, Cordy's a little dressed up for a weekend. She sure is. She's she looking, looks pretty good. She looks nice. She always looks great. She does, but she's, but she's got, a little extra zhuzh. She's yes. like nipped in the, the waist there. Mm-hmm. You know, she's kind of got that asymmetrical yes. like, she top going picked on. picked out her outfit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and Xander's sure that computers are so totally over, making it one of the few things he'll, he and Giles will agree uh, with um, each other on. Um, so Jenny's <laughs> all, uh-huh, get a class, you dorks. Um, <laughs> so, note... Xander sits down, sits down first, and Cordelia sits next to him. She also kind of laughed at his joke about Abakai. Um, Jenny starts to say what they're going to do, and then she sees Buffy and finishes the sentence with Buffy. And Xander naturally makes a joke about having <laughs> wanting to have sex with his friend. Yeah. Xander, you really must stop with this. This is really it's just, just so, uncomfortable. I do love it. The, uh, did I already nod off? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just more inside your head, Xander. Yeah. Keep yeah. that kind of thing inside of your head. But he is so much a part of everyone around him. <laughs> yeah. He just feels like he can say it out loud. And he shouldn't, because note Cordy's massive eye roll. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, he wants Buffy to sit between him and Cordy, which isn't cool either, Xander. Cordy would also like uh, Buffy to uh, delouse Xander. And it really seems like he kind of hurt her feelings right here. If you yeah. listen to her tone, watch her body language. And she's not making a hygiene crack either. She's calling him a louse because she's been holding back on the insults and sitting next to him. And he's been insulting her and being inappropriate with Buffy. Yeah, she liked Army Xander a lot. Yeah. <laughs> she wants to see that guy again. She does. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy is here to tell Jenny about how weird Giles was. Jenny is concerned, and especially so when Buffy says he was drinking alone. And now, yes, yes, there's nothing wrong with having a few drinks when you're alone. But Buffy is talking or about... podcasting. Yeah. Well, we're not alone. <laughs> so it's fine. We are just fine. It's not drinking in a dark closet like I usually do. Um <laughs> closet by now i think it's where it's where i drink (laughs) (laughs) nobody can hear my weeping if i'm in the closet right now uh so now okay (laughs) um but so but buffy is talking about giles being drunk scruffy and distracted enough by something that he forgot to show up with her weapon this is kind of a big deal this is like cry for help level yeah not this isn't just yeah he was just at a party it it wasn't like oh come in buffy i'm just having a couple drinks Mm -hmm. it's not that 
Uh, Willow is a fuffy little spirit and still kind of immature, uh, as we've seen pointed out to us. Uh, so she's hoping it was tea. <laughs> That's not tea. Uh, Xander says that people who are wound as tightly as Giles have a tendency to lunge towards their dark sides now and then. Willow, make a note. Buffy. <laughs> Buffy, you too. <laughs> he talks about his Uncle Rory, who will always be fun to hear about, and Uncle Rory's descent from taxidermist to boozing, whoring taxidermist. Um, <laughs> Buffy says that Giles was alone, and Xander is sure it's just a matter of time. And watch Cordy during this, his monologue. She is simultaneously re- intrigued and repulsed. <laughs> <laughs> From the look on her face, Jenny thinks these kids are seriously fucking weird. (laughs) (laughs) Buffy asks the group if Giles seemed odd to them lately, and Cordy says that he seemed fine when she saw him, not even rattled about the police or the homicide or anything. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Buffy hurries off to the library to call Giles, of course. (laughs) Uh, In the library, she finds ominous music and a lurking shadow. (laughs) So that's not great. <laughs> fortunately, it's just that handsome, chaotic scamp, Ethan Rain. Uh, even more fortunately, Ethan has not had a lot of experience with vampire slayers and thinks you can take one out by gently tipping a bookcase on her. And that's <laughs> Ethan. Ethan, I love you, but that's never going to work. No. Um, <laughs> and indeed, Buffy dodges it and easily catches him. And Snar, do you notice something? Yes, he's still hurt from Ripper. He's because limping and holding his back. He a is, bit. yeah. He got kicked in the kidneys a lot, a lot, a lot. And he is walking like he's been kicked in the kidneys. I know. I've been kicked there. <laughs> it sucks. And they get all bruised up and bleeding. Yeah, and, stuff. and then you get like sciatica has nothing on this pain. I bet. Like nothing. <laughs> it goes all the way down your leg. You feel completely weak. It sucks. And it's hard to run away from vampire slayers. Yep. That you've just tipped a bookcase Pretty much. onto. Yeah. So he starts yeah. to run like he's capable, and then he's like, "Oh no, sir, I'm, I'm hurt. I'm hurt." And it hasn't been that long since Halloween. Yeah. It's, which is a nice touch. It's a Whoever nice on touch. the show decided that that should happen, brilliant. Yeah. Um, uh, Buffy recognizes him from Ethan's House of Chaos, and uh, she didn't so much forget about the damseling, as badasses who have been damseled tend not to. Uh, he tries to be a little too glib, and she punches him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing personal, Ethan. Buffy's just wonderfully violent. Um, I love the angry way she adjusts her top after she punches him, too. <laughs> Uh, she asks what he's doing there and he he's realized now that slayers are serious business and happily admits he was snooping uh she thinks that she'll just call the cops and let them handle the situation but then ethan brings up giles and how he'll get dragged into the whole thing and talks about how they used to go way back and by the way if you're picking up on some gay subtext some hoye to name the trope uh (laughs) yes it is absolutely there and one of the writers will allude to it further in a later episode with these two um he, he of course says he's looking I mean, for Giles. Talk as well. about two attractive people getting it on. Oh yeah, yeah. Hello, <laughs> I totally ship that big time. Totally, they have so much. <laughs> like both of these people have instant chemistry with anybody they're around. You put them in the same room, it just bursts into flames. And that that later scene in the later episode is so good. Is so good. <laughs> that would be a new man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Giles is having another Igon dream. This one goes tattoo, Igon, flames in the side of his face. Uh, Deirdre, uh, zombie Philip, and a white ringing uh, phone. Uh, the phone actually is ringing in, in Giles' place, although Giles' phone is black. And Buffy wasn't really overreacting about the drinking situation because Giles is seriously hung over. Yeah, Giles, there's um, a lot of scotch gone. Yeah, I mean, 
Giles, <laughs> uh, I think you're in your 40s, and, and I could have told you that drinking more than a thimbleful at our age will lead to pain. <laughs> Is this the part with the hourglass, too? Yes. So yeah. there's this one view when he first picks up the phone, and he's ta- he's having this conversation. There is an hourglass that is empty on top, as it should be, mm-hmm. next to his phone. We don't see this in a previous shot of his desk while you know the night before, and we barely see it the next time we come in. It's right. still in frame. It's still there. They didn't take it away, but it's not in frame. So to me, it's like he's out of time. Right. Subliminally, we yep. register time's up. Absolutely. It's beautiful. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> but And I think they might even move it in the next shot so it is slightly out of frame. It's just excellent. I love touches like that. Yeah, me too. Uh, so, um, hearing that Buffy is the one calling, Giles tries to get rid of her until she's like, fine, what's the mark of I gun? <laughs> <laughs> that got his attention. And we see Ethan next to her. He's so happy. Yeah, just, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of bad, Giles. When Ethan fucking Rain, Mr. Degenerate Son of Chaos, is being more honest with your slayer than you are. I mean, like I said, he's happily got his sleeve rolled up. He's like, yeah, let me show you. Yeah, I'll show you everything. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Buffy tells Giles about Ethan totally like standing right there and all. And Giles tells her that being around Ethan is really dangerous. He tells her to put down the phone and get out of the library. And Giles, have you met Buffy? (laughs) (laughs) If you wanted her to stay in the library, leaving the library would be the thing you suggest. Um, And Buffy, of course, is like, fuck no. And (laughs) then zombie Philip breaks in. And I love how Ethan... Gets behind Buffy and like holds her out in front yeah, of him. He, it's almost like he wants to catapult her at right? the danger. Yeah, like uh, here, I'll just uh, you take care of it. <laughs> I love it. It's so completely a character with Ethan. I love totally that part. Is. He's such a Loki. Oh, he is such well, a Loki. Chaos, man. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, Giles finally gets off his butt and takes off towards the school. Vampire slayers um, are not particularly impressed by zombies, it seems, because Buffy calmly kicks zombie Philip and then rolls over the counter to fight him properly. In fact, (laughs) the only thing she seems really concerned about is Ethan getting away. Um, Zombie Philip's growl... (laughs) (laughs) It's true. She's like, like, oh, zombie, whatever. Ethan, stay here. (laughs) Zombie... I don't even have time for this right now. That's pretty much her level of of concern about this zombie. Yeah. Zombie Philip growls Ethan's name, and he makes a run for it. Uh, the gang comes in, and Xander tries to stop Ethan unsuccessfully, and then Cordy knees him in the balls, and that does it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Buffy uses Zombie Phillip's lumbering against him, faking one way, getting him off balance, and then kicking him into the bookcase. Well done, Buffy. That's exactly how you handle a lumbering zombie. Beautiful job. Yes. Uh, Willow, after a quick exam from a safe distance, uh, says that Zombie Philip looks pretty dead to her. Xander... Apparently knows nothing about zombies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we learned in some assembly required that he knows nothing about zombies, but he apparently knew even less than we thought because he yeah. thinks that walking and trying to like, eat Buffy means he's not a zombie. Xander, this is a zombie. Yeah, <laughs> this is a zombie. The other ones weren't zombies. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> There's like dead people that are dead and zombies that are undead. You're on the Hellmouth, son. Catch up. Um, Ethan... Ethan confirms Willow's diagnosis of, of dead uh, and tells Zombie Philip that he's sorry it went down like this. A rumpled and untucked Giles bursts in, asking if everybody's okay. And, you know, now you worry. Whatever, Giles. Uh, Cordelia is delighted that she kicked a guy, and we are too. Won't be the last, Cordy. And, and her positioning. <laughs> yeah. Right next to Xander. Isn't that strange? Yeah. That will not change. <laughs> uh, Cordelia is just, she's just right there. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and uh, so, okay, so speaking of, of Xander, um, he gets too close to the zombie and almost gets his face taken off. 
Xander. Xander. Uh, dude, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> that was nothing of zombies. <clears throat> Giles is still somewhat in denial about everything, and Ethan creeps him, him cheerily as a ripper. Uh, Giles mentions that Ethan was supposed to have left town, but Ethan makes some excuses about having a lease. And, and, and uh, he's right about ripper. <laughs> Check the jawline. Yes. Giles is scary in the scene, I gotta say. He is, he and his transformation, whole... oh, yeah. and the accent changes. Absolutely. <laughs> he starts to sound a little bit like Spike. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. We'll have a little more information on that, information on that in later episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, as Cordy asks Xander why Ethan uh, just called Giles Ripper, Giles pulls Ethan up by the hair, and Cordy's all, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Me too. <laughs> Like everybody else is like, I still don't get it. She's like, oh, no, I get it. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> is, again, this is, you know, the gay subtext here. Um, oh, yes. It's yeah. That's a, I mean, this is an It's a lot of touching. Hold. Like, we'll, we'll see a lot of touching with Faith and Buffy, too. This yeah. is a lot of touching. Yeah. A lot. This isn't hitting. Like, Buffy wants to punish Ethan. She hits him. She punches him in the face. She punches him. This she is... doesn't grab him. She doesn't grab him by the hair. And hold it. Yeah. So, I mean... Because Giles's hand is, is on Ethan's head and neck for a while. Like, all he has to do is pull him in for a kiss. Like, yeah. it's that kind and of a thing. You're only comfortable with that kind of contact with somebody if you have been comfortable with that kind of contact with somebody. Exactly. It doesn't matter if they're an enemy right now or, or not. <laughs> right. Well, it's, it's, th- that becomes foyer, which is yeah. what this is as well. <laughs> 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 and yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very intimate touching kind of a thing, mm-hmm. especially for two men. Yes. Yeah. On TV. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> like I said, we'll get a lot more into that and a lot more into the touching thing when Faith shows up. Um, so Buffy steps in, uh, sort of not liking Ripper very much, we gotta say. Yeah. Uh, Giles is pissed because Ethan put people he cares about in danger. And Ethan has, a, what I have to say, it's a really good point. Why didn't Giles leave town if he was so worried about their safety? That right? is a good point. And it makes me wonder if Ethan showed up in Sunnydale because he left the town that contains the people he cares about. Oh. Right? I mean, it would explain the connection that you found between the card at the end of Halloween and this episode. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. And um, Ethan says that he's been having the dreams. Uh, this scene is reminiscent of the very first episode of the show where Giles mentioned Buffy's dreams. Um, I wonder how long Ethan has been having these dreams and how yeah. long has Giles been having these dreams? That's a good point. And Ethan is a lot more connected. Yes. So he would probably be having them more frequently because right. he's still practicing magic. But Ethan showed up a while ago. He did. So even if we have a window there before Giles started having his dreams, mm-hmm. Giles has been having these dreams for a while. Yeah. And well, and Ethan's motivation, we're never very clear on his motivation for channeling chaos. Right. Was the chaos channeled into Sunnydale in order to scramble the signal? That's a very for good Igon? point. Was it to get Ripper's attention? It's, that's kind of what I think. He wanted to flush out Giles and flush out Ripper. Yeah. And let him know he was in town and get him prepped for Igon's here. Yeah. Well, and he definitely targets Buffy the Slayer. Oh, yes. Intentionally, yes, in quite a big intentionally. Way. <laughs> I mean, he might have even conjured like the dress, the dress, yes, to say what is her weakness. Mm-hmm. If he has enough juice to summon Janus, yeah, he has enough juice to find out what he's kind of dress Buffy of likes. Juice. Yeah, yeah, he does totally. Absolutely. And you know, so he's probably tapped into a lot of the same stuff that mm-hmm. Drew is. Absolutely, so. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm willing to go with that theory. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, is and no. the B seeing you would have been less of a hey, I'll see you later. But this is a warning. Igon's here. Yeah. 
Um, the Slayer has had up to here with these cryptic, handsome British people. <laughs> <laughs> and she wants to know what the fuck is going on. Ethan suggests that Giles, you know, tell her. But then Zombie Philip gets the cage open, slamming the door into Jenny and locking her out. Giles runs over to see if she's okay. And Xander pushes Cordy to safety. Yeah, Buffy kicks Zombie Philip a few times, and then Igon detects an unconscious person nearby and liquefies so he can move on to greener and less dead pastures. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, Xander is still making sure Cordy is safe by kind of snuggling with her. Yeah, yeah. and she doesn't protest. No, she does not. She snuggles back. Yep. Yes. Uh, and Buffy is all, God damn it, we let Ethan escape again. <laughs> and indeed, Ethan has skedaddled because he's not stupid. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, the Igon slime has oozed over to Jenny and touched her hand. And she's awake, or something is awake. Mm-hmm. And she sits up. Uh, Giles is adorably worried. Cordelia is pretty sure that this is a result of having school on Saturday. And, <laughs> and Jenny is very, very appreciative of Giles' concern. Perhaps in a way that's not particularly tough-ass Jenny Calendar, and leans on him, and her eyes go all glowy, of course, like Philip and Deirdre. Yeah, <clears throat> just in case we didn't pick up on all the other right. subtext. Because, I, see, I think if this was Jenny, she'd make some quip about Burning Man. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. She'd be like, oh, this was like nothing when I did yeah. the, the you thing. You wouldn't believe what I woke up doing yeah. when I was at Burning Man. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I haven't been that knocked out since. Yeah, she would have said something to kind of diffuse the situation. Yes. She would have made a crack. And definitely to... to get good squirm. Yes, absolutely. And she would have maintained that sort of sexy little teasing distance that they've had. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, Buffy comes back in to tell them she's lost Ethan. And Jenny is still kind of damselly at this point. Yeah. She's gone from flirty and grateful to, ow, my head hurts and I need you to take care of me. Yep. Uh, or yeah. I think I think normal Jenny Calendar would be like, do you have aspirin or what? Yeah. Thanks. And then we have uh, the Greek chorus. <laughs> oh, yes. The Greek chorus. Now with more Cordy. <laughs> <laughs> She's right there in the middle. Uh, Buffy insists uh, that Giles fill her in on what's happening and he refuses because it's private. Giles, whatever. Uh, Buffy, <laughs> Buffy points out that it's not really all that private when there are zombies and Giles blowing off a weapons tr- delivery so he can drink at home. He still refuses and she tries to get information on the mark of Igon at least. Giles pulls rank trying to pull Buffy back from his, her own personal interests in keeping her surrogate dad safe and says that he's her watcher and gives her a direct order to stay out of it. Yeah, that, that's going to work. And he does this when he goes ripper almost verbatim. I'm your watcher. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I think, do what I, I say. Knock his teeth down his throat. <laughs> his, I think it's what his it is. His throat. Yeah, his throat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he takes Jenny and leaves. <laughs> this, and this is where, uh-huh. gentle listeners, I want to post a question. Mm-hmm. Because for the majority of the time that we have seen Ripper thus far, yes. when he is Ripper, Giles isn't wearing glasses. Right. Or if he's wearing them, it's when he's moving about, but not when he's looking at people mm-hmm. and not when he's doing things that are important to him. Right. So, does Giles need glasses? Or is that his, oh, right, I am, or yeah, does Ripper need glasses, I should say? Or is Giles just pretending and that's his Giles outfit? Right. Because he cleans those things a lot. Right, he does. It seems to be a twitch. So, like, when Ripper's in full Ripper, he cleans his hands, he cleans his pinky ring. Mm-hmm. Um, which I want to know the origin of the pinky ring so bad. I know, me too. Yeah, me too. It feels like that must be a relic. Absolutely. Maybe yeah, like uh, my my thing is it might have been 
I mean, it might have come from the watcher side of his family. It might have been um, his grandmother's on his on his dad's side, and then his dad's, and then his. Right. Which would be an interesting contrast that the watcher ring of that side of his family is what anchors him. Oh, that would maybe be he rubs it when he's Ripper to keep him from going to Ripper. Yeah, so there could be that. Uh, but Reminds him of his dad and his grandma. Yeah, kind but, of a thing. I mean, totally unjust, totally not justified by anything in the script, but. Yeah, yeah, that, that kind of a thing. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting that he keeps he keeps wearing it no matter yes. what. Um, so he he cleans his ring when he is Ripper, but he cleans his glasses when he is Giles. Trying to center, trying yep. to get back to Giles, it's back like to trying Giles. Trying to get there, and you can see when he's struggling, he cleans his glasses more when he's getting more and more frustrated. Mm-hmm. I have the theory he does not need them. I think it's a good theory. Yeah, I think it's a very good theory. And or and maybe he, or he only needs them to read. Yeah. But he wears or them all the time. Or he could be yeah. like me. I'm 20, 30. Right. I almost never wear glasses until I go to a movie. Or yeah. if I have like a, a headache or something. Or I'm to driving. drive. Yeah, driving. Yeah, stuff like that. or like driving long distances, especially when my eyes get tired. Right. Um, but I don't need them, you know. So yeah. my theory is he doesn't need his glasses. I think that is an excellent theory. Yeah. And, and uh, I would say that, especially after this scene, I'm fully convinced that he does not need his glasses. Yeah, because he's looking dead straight at people. Yeah. And I've, I've been around people who need glasses when they take their glasses off. They kind, kind of look at your eyebrows-ish for a minute, and then they kind of Oh, we have no idea. Center down. We have no then... idea what the hell you are. <laughs> like, you take off my glasses, I'm like, is, it, is that a lamp or a person? <laughs> Talking lamp person, obviously. Okay. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. But it's, it's true. When you first take them off, your eyes go blah, blah, blah. They go all over the place. I mean, yeah. I, I, it takes me, probably takes me 10, 20 seconds to get my eyes back to where they should be because they just mm-hmm. go all over the place because your glasses, um, the way the prescription is done, they focus your eyes in a certain direction. So once those are gone, your eyes don't really know where to go for a second. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't think he needs them. I'm bringing it up now because mm-hmm. I want everyone to help me pay attention um, and let me know what they think if they have any opinions yeah. one way or the other. If you find um, proof that, hey, Giles needed his glasses to do this, let us know. Yeah. But uh, particularly as we approach band candy. Yes. Um, that's, to me, where the actual evidence may or may not lie. So uh-huh. I'm just bringing it up now so we can start to track it so you don't think <laughs> I'm full of shit when I talk about it in band candy. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I think you're onto something. Excellent. Um, so Buffy waits just long enough for him to get out of earshot and then gives orders to her troops. <laughs> Willow on research, Xander on Giles' personal files, and Cordy, who is really excited to help on working with Xander. Uh, Cordy balks a, a tad, probably because of all the protective hugging she and Xander just did, <laughs> uh, but then relents and follows Xander. Um, at the house of Giles, Jenny is still very much in need of companionship, which is fine, but the way she's doing it seems to be much less Jenny than we're used to. Yeah, uh, Giles... <laughs> Pushy, pushy. She's, yeah. Igon's, Igon's different. <laughs> <laughs> Giles apologizes for everything, and Jenny's very supportive. Instead of kind of yelling at him like we'd expect. Mm-hmm. Like, why don't you tell me about this? Yeah. That's what we'd expect from Jenny. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you particularly... Just, like, Giles, you could have fucking told me. Oh, yeah. Well, and particularly with the fact that she's holding out a secret as well, there's yes. going to be transference big time. Yes. I don't care who you are. You're going to be having... Tons and tons of transference yes. in this instance. Yeah. And so, and she's just too... She doesn't do the normal reaction we're expecting. No, not even and a little. Jenny Calendar would call him out. Yeah, this is what we would normally call a dream sequence, the way she's yeah. taking it so well and Absolutely. wanting to get the sexy times. And this actually, um, the way she is being so inviting and insistent, but not really, 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 really reminds me of the first communing with Caleb. Yeah. 
I would agree with that. There's Absolutely. A, a definite similarity mm-hmm. between Igon trying to seduce Giles. Right. And the first seducing Caleb. Weaving the little web around him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, Uh, Giles leans in to kiss her and then has second thoughts, perhaps picking up on something being a little off yeah. uh, and thus being much more intuitive than one of Buffy's future boyfriends, <laughs> though that doesn't take much. <laughs> or maybe I, I he... think a bowl of Cheerios has more intuition than <laughs> no Riley. shit, right? It's a fucking psychology, whatever. Um, or, I mean, maybe he is just worried about how she get conked in the head, though. I mean, I wouldn't. I would think that a kiss wouldn't be a big deal. They've kissed plenty. I mean, they've yeah. kissed enough to have been planning a sex weekend. So he doesn't even kiss her at all here. No, he doesn't even get there. And I think that Ripper's probably pretty firm about consent, even more than yeah. Giles. Giles would probably be like, oh, well, I've kissed you before. I can, I can logic my way in. But Ripper is instinct. Ripper is yeah. so close to Slayer. That's a good point. And so his instinct is picking up on this. And he's saying, big on consent. Is say, and saying, there is something wrong with her. Don't. Yes, and and we see consent sort, with sort of like later. ooh, sort of like Buffy's heart in Lie to Me with Ford. Yes, definitely. That's ooh, that's a really good connection. Interesting. Yeah. So interesting. There's a, there's so yeah. So Ripper's in there nature. like, wait, wait, wait. Something's wrong with this chick right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. That really makes sense. Um, so he says he's going to get her home because um, Igon is after him and everything. And Jenny's all meh, safe, schmafe. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Not Jenny at all. Nope. Uh, in the library, Willow has found some information on Igon. Uh, he's Etruscan, it seems, and not Egyptian. Uh, Willow has definitely been doing some studying, I have to say. Yeah. Uh, she points out the, 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 uh, the mark of Igon, and here's what's in the book. Uh, Igon, also called the sleepwalker, can only exist in this reality by possessing an unconscious host. Temporary possession imbues the host with uh, a euphoric feeling of power. Unless the proper rituals are observed, the possession is permanent, and Igon will be born from within the host. Cordy says, yuck. Um, <laughs> once called, Igon can also take possession of the dead, but its demonic energy soon disintegrates the host and it must jump to the nearest dead or unconscious uh, person to continue living. Sightings of this demon harken back to the earliest day, uh, days conjurers and black magicians. The power inherent in Igon has seduced seekers of power for centuries, but has also all, but has always led to their un- ultimate demise. Uh, those courageous or foolish enough to call upon these spirits may enjoy great, and it continues on the next page, so we don't get to see with blah blah Igon cakes. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will say, um, since Buffy's mind is off being irresponsible, Buffy doesn't read the book herself no she's checked out yeah i mean it's, it's right in front of her and you know i think it's xander who asked her a question and she waits for willow to pick up the book and read it um and i'm not going to be hard on her at all because she's awesome in this whole episode um and she's delegated this stuff because she's the leader but the book is in english and it tells us something about the state of her mind buffy is running off of heart and spirit and gutsy shadow self right now mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> and of course manus but their mind is not there yeah. at He's all. completely <laughs> yeah. checked out. And Buffy hasn't learned how to replace that. Right. So yeah, right. she's just... And we see her yeah. kind of working on that stew um, in this episode. Mm-hmm. You know, she will find a way to substitute um, yeah. her, pretty much her spirit. She clicks the spirit into the mind space, which is really kind of fascinating to watch happen with these moving parts yeah um, it really is well it's it's kind of like when you lose one sense you know like when right. people go blind then all their other senses and, become and more, her spirit more goes 
boom. Yeah. <laughs> we find out how much spirit Buffy really fucking has. Yeah. <laughs> so Buffy's uh, still not sure what this has to do with Giles because her mind is not there. Uh, Willow mentions the ancient sects that used Igon during their bacchals and orgies. Xander is once again disgusted by the thought of Giles having sex, especially in an orgy. Cordy seems a little frustrated with him, possibly because she can totally imagine Giles having an orgy. <laughs> because Cordy does like the older men. Yes. Yes, she does. <laughs> Uh, Buffy wonders if the puddle of Philip is a good sign or not. Uh, Cordy's all well, no dead people. But Xander and Buffy realize, mostly Xander, I gotta say. Yeah. Uh, realize there was an unconscious one and oh fucking shits are had by all. And yep, Jenny has just pulled the phone cord out of the wall. So she's officially becoming not Jenny for a while. Uh, Giles making tea, of course, asks if she heard something and Jen- and not Jenny's all, hmm? Nope, not at all. <laughs> Giles is still determined to drive not Jenny home, but she has other ideas, like sexy times. Uh, Back in the library, Buffy has determined with the help uh, of the operator, Willow and Cordy, who is so into this, totally into this, and she has a little heavily used notepad to show us, um, that there's no answer at Jenny's house, and Giles' phone isn't working at all, almost like someone yanked out the cord or something. Uh, Buffy heads over to find out what's up uh giles (laughs) says that right now isn't the right time for sexy fun but not jenny is totally stalking him around the room and straddles him pretty much cramming her tongue down his throat uh giles takes a page from the buffy because it's wrong book (laughs) (laughs) insisting that it's not right and he'd be taking advantage not jenny is irritated and says god you just don't change do you uh-oh. Uh. Giles is a little confused until I'm assuming assuming not Jenny directly quotes him from back in the day and he's figured it out. She says, you're like a woman ripper. You cry at every funeral. And wow. Yeah. Foreshadowing hands us a box of Kleenex because Igon, that was a cheap shot, man. That was Fuck you, asshole. Cheap. Yeah. <sighs> no, I don't like Igon. I don't either. I really don't it's like it. Dick. I can find something to like about most bad guys. Absolutely. We love the mayor, for God's sake. Yeah. Now, <laughs> Igon actually gives me the willies. Like, even just talking about he Igon, and it is does. post-midnight. But I'm, like, doing the thing where I'm looking behind me because yeah. I feel all creepy because we're talking about Igon. Igon's creepy. And I live in the least haunted house I've ever been in. <laughs> yeah. so it's seriously creepy. Yeah. It is Especially creepy, when we see the walk thing. later. The walk later is fucking creepy as shit. Yes. But we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Giles is pretty calm and very rippery about this until Igon gets all demon voiced and pulls uh, Ripper's own move on him, lifting him up by the hair. Um, Igon kisses him, transforms into looking a little more like himself, and asks if it was good for him and then slams Giles' head into a table. Uh, Igon is just about to rip out Giles' stomach when Buffy kicks her way in. She also does the more gentle version of her jumping face kick. Uh, (laughs) And this does seem to be the move she uses when she doesn't want to kill somebody. And we saw it much to my personal dismay in some assembly required. Um, Yes. (laughs) She's pretty good about it. She's pretty careful Uh because she knows it's Jenny. Um, Buffy is really badass in general here, standing up to Igon and telling him to back off. Icon seems to have maybe met a Slayer before and knows that they are highly dangerous. So he says, three down, two to go. So he's, he's pretty much heading over to Ethan's. Yeah. Um, and then and be seeing you. Absolutely. Just like it was on uh, Ethan's goodbye card on Halloween. He says, be seeing you. And jumps out the window. <laughs> it's creepy. creepy. So creepy. Oh, it's really creepy. Yeah. And also, uh, so you pointed out the lamp. 
Oh my God, that lamp. I am terrified. Okay. I am terrified (laughs) of that lamp through the duration of the series. And and the show teases us. Buffy comes in and kicks Igon in the face. And Igon misses that lamp by like (laughs) half an inch. And knowing Giles' history, this was probably actually a Tiffany lamp. That's a Tiffany lamp. lamp, I'm sure. (laughs) And And like it survives like like the Shumash like invasion. (laughs) It survives. Everything it survives just having Spike there for fuck's sake. Does. <laughs> Seriously. Actually, Spike was probably like, "Oh, nice this one." Yeah, like, <laughs> protecting it and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Buffy checks on Giles, who is extremely distressed and guilt-ridden about Jenny. He's having a pretty extensive meltdown, and Buffy's like, "Focus, man. This is great." Here, she says he's scaring her, and he apologizes, and she just says, "Don't be sorry. Be Giles. Come on, we fight monsters. This is what we do. They show up. They scare us." I beat him up and they go away. This isn't any different. <laughs> and this is such a fantastic Buffy pep talk. I mean, this goes up there on my list with the first rule of slaying and welcome to the Thunderdome. Oh, this yeah. is so awesome. <laughs> and about, and about 10 other ones. Yeah. <laughs> but Buffy is great with the pep talk. I gotta mm-hmm. say, uh, Giles says that this is, is different because he created the thing in the first place in the library. Xander has found not only ample evidence of Giles's OCD, but also evidence of Ripper. Uh, I love how the picture has been folded and torn and then taped back together. Kind of like Giles. Such baby Giles. Oh man! And this, I mean, yeah. I'm assuming this is Anthony Stewart had used to sing with his brother in a band. Yeah, um, who uh, is Murray Head? Yes, he's very very famous. By brother. the way, <laughs> I know. Now, how crazy, right? Yes, and he they Murray Head was night in Bangkok, right? Is I that think so. Is it okay? My, I I think I'm thinking the right song. Uh huh. Right? Yeah. 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 If I had well, and, my phone, and, um, um, Anthony, and I know that um, Anthony Stewart had uh, he he was in chess when it was it was in London. Uh, yes, yeah. yes. So I'm pretty sure that was Murray Head, who did mm-hmm. Night in Bangkok. Um, gentle listeners, <laughs> if you want, I know all the lyrics. <laughs> if we can get, hmm, let's see. If I can get. Six more reviews on iTunes. Mm. I will perform a karaoke version of Night in Bangkok. Excellent. Just for your listening pleasure. (laughs) I like this bribe. Yes. We just need six more. And and I I am not allowed to go in and pretend it's blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. I want this from you guys. We have some lovely ones already. Mm -hmm. But if we can get six more, then I will do this. If we can get ten more reviews on iTunes or Facebook... I will also do Gangster's Paradise nice. by Coolio. Nice. This is our incentive. We don't want you to spend any money. We just want you to review us right. very honestly anywhere you will, but iTunes would do us the best favors right. to get the word around. Excellent. Yes, and if we get up to 20, I will even let you vote on the next one I do, <laughs> and I will put some terrible ones out there. I might even play guitar. This is like Christmas for me, y'all. I know, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get Christmas all over again. <laughs> yes. So, gentle listeners, I mean, I, I can pull out some pretty bad ones here. Uh, so, yes. Mm-hmm. The more reviews we get in the next few months, the more karaoke I will do for you. This will be awesome. Yes. And it might even be done live and drunk at a bar. <laughs> Just for you. This will be fantastic. Yes. This will be really, really fun. Happy fun times. Yes. Very, very happy fun times. I'm actually a really good singer. It's true. So I think you'll enjoy this. I particularly enjoyed the song that you did with your cat in the background. Oh, yes. (laughs) 
I will even post that on the website if you help us out. Even just even just two more, because that one exists. That's from <laughs> yeah, a while that's a ago. That's a good point. Yeah, it's very yeah good. and this is a song I wrote myself after playing guitar for a whole two months after being instructed by my roommate, Kevin. Uh, is you too can be instructed by him at Hidden Rebel Bass, B-A-S-S dot com. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... Just come review us and there's as a cat. we hit the mileage. And, and she does she does a lovely job of helping she out. <laughs> Cats love to help. That's their favorite thing. She is super helpful. Yeah. <laughs> my Irish friend Sean, that he's like, that's the highlight of my life this year. <laughs> um was watching that video. So yes, uh, the more likes we get, the more I will give to you in the form of musical gifts. <laughs> and I will let you choose the songs and I will learn them if I have to. If I have to learn Eminem again, I'll do it. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Please help us out and review us. Yeah. Anyway, that's my spiel for the week. I like it. And back to the music. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so we did a picture. And uh, overlapping the audio, as the show loves to do, Giles ex- uh, explains that he was 21. He explains to Buffy that he was studying history at Oxford, which is very impressive. Uh, and the occult at night, of course. And Buffy is probably horrified that anyone would do such a terrible thing like <laughs> studying history. <laughs> Of course, studying a cult isn't strange behavior for Giles, as we know, because he was expected to go into the Watcher family business. Um, he basically got tired of the overwhelming pressure of his destiny, which I'm thinking Buffy really understands, and ditched everything and moved to London, which Buffy will understand very soon. <sighs> Ouch. Yeah. Uh, he and his new friends cast spells and things, and, and um, we pointed out way back in Witch that the show told us that Giles was lying because... Um, he said it was his first casting and it went flawlessly. Mm-hmm. Um, I suspect that when people were watching this scene for the first time, they probably called bullshit and thought that his line in which was a mistake or that this was a retcon um, because we really haven't seen what happens when people who in, are inexperienced with magic try to use it. And later on, it becomes so much more obvious. Oh yeah. And, and not even that much far farther down the road. Oh, it's pretty soon. Yeah, it's pretty soon. Um, so things were going great with Giles and his friends um, until Giles and Ethan discovered Igon. They would summon him, as the book earlier indicated, because you got a fantastic high. A friend named Randall, undoubtedly, of course, rose-tinted hippie glasses guy from Giles' first stream in the show, uh, oh. lost control of Igon. And um, by the time it was over, Igon was exercised and Randall was dead. Now Igon is back. Buffy remembers three down, two to go, and realizes she, she needs to go and save Ethan. Um <laughs> Giles wants to go too, but Buffy points out that he's in no condition to help. Giles admits that he has no way of stopping Igon without killing Jenny, and Buffy reassures him that her crew is working on it. He says he's sorry, and Buffy says she knows. Um, Buffy has arrived at, arrived at the seemingly empty Ethan's house of chaos. Um, we know <laughs> that's where she is because of Ethan's fondness for creepy mannequins. Yes. Oh, and he seems to have been playing with them because yeah. they are now. Well, and I talked about like there were the pieces behind Giles, mm-hmm. behind Ripper Giles, and then they were kind of like elevated, you mm-hmm. know, and then they were on the floor, and now they're assembled. Uh huh. And they they're assembled in like it's like I can just imagine him like dancing with them at night and like doing like you know great theater with them absolutely <laughs> absolutely Ethan yeah. makes his own fun oh yeah he totally <laughs> does so it looks like they've been they've been having some fun yes um yes. but yeah these these mannequins are now assembled and yes, i think they that's are. just again that little bit of subtext mm-hmm. that tells us that we are getting more of the pieces of this puzzle yes. put together yes which yeah. is fantastic buffy calls to ethan that Igon is on his way 
And then, of course, Ethan pops out and asks if she's there to protect him. Um, Ethan in a box. <laughs> so awesome. I love that he was totally hiding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she says it's really uh, just because of Giles that she's helping him. And Ethan asks how Ripper inspires, inspires such goodness. And Buffy, both as an explanation and a correction, says because he's Giles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Ethan says that Igon can find him because of the mark, so they can't really run away. Buffy says, number one, she doesn't run away. And uh, number two, <laughs> that she'll handle it. And Ethan admires her manliness. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly in exchange for the last time they met, Buffy tells him he's going to be a damsel. <laughs> and Ethan loves that plan. He's so into it. Unfortunately, Buffy falls for the possibly the second oldest trick in the book coming in right behind hey look over there um (laughs) and actually goes first when ethan offers that she go first and buffy i know your mind is pretty much out of the game right now but second oldest trick in the book um so ethan hits her on the back of the head and knocks her out and i'm surprised that works on slayers but i suppose it would because you know the back Mm -hmm. of the head it hurts and your brain's right there um (laughs) later ethan is singing rather cheerfully and buffy is tied face down to a table uh, he's excited because Buffy's going to be in the Igon Wants to Eat Our Faces Club. Um, Buffy is <laughs> Buffy's not excited about this. Um, Ethan says that he hopes she isn't taking it personally because he really does like her, but he likes himself a lot more. I love that he stops to reassure her it's not personal. <laughs> like, this she is, gives a shit at This, this is really a lovely exchange. It like, is. It's such well, a, and, oh. and think of what it'll do for her karma. <laughs> like, I'm going to kill you. I, I love that. That's grab the whole karma thing. <laughs> I love that. See, she's still a slayer, always with the quips, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, she has a. <laughs> she has uh, also discovered that there's a little exposed screw under the table that she can just barely hit with the ropes around her wrists. Mm-hmm. Always thinking that slayer, even when her mind's out of it. She yep. always got the spirit and the heart going on. Definitely. Uh, Ethan tells her that her tattoo won't be so bad, except for the horrible pain part. Um, I've never had one done by hand like he's doing here, but unless those are a lot more painful, tats aren't bad at all. I mean, obviously it's location, 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 right? Right. Um, maybe magical tats are worse. Maybe a little more painful. I'm thinking, well, because it has to hook into your life essence. That's a good point. Yeah. Hmm. So I think it's yeah. a little less about the mark and more about the hooking into your, your whole chi yeah. body. Exposing your soul in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, he tells her to feel free to scream, and I am reminded that even though he did manage to knock out a slayer, he also tried to tip a bookcase on her, so Ethan doesn't really know that much about slayers in general. I <laughs> I really don't think that they scream in pain very often. No, she just um, looks like she's going to bite it down. Yeah, I mean... Even the most grievous of injuries that we've seen on the show are usually met with a mildly irritated grunt from what, what we've, you know, been exposed to, at least. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, Ow. That's about it. Uh-huh. That's a slayer getting hurt. Like, that's a slayer <laughs> getting their arm chopped off. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> then they pick it up and beat you to death. Yeah, they it. beat you to death, and then they just stick it back on and wait for the slayer healing to kick in. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we love slayers. In the library, Willow, Cordy, and Xander are trying to figure out how to kill Igon without killing Jenny. Buffy's spirit is pretty much fully stepping into her mind's shoes here, even drinking tea while she does it, which is a nice know, touch. It's okay. it's so she's cute. not doing a great job of it, but you know, it's... She's working into it. She's, she's getting yeah, there. She's, she's getting she's there. She's getting she's psyching it. And it'll yeah. come very soon. Uh, <laughs> Xander and Cordy have found all kinds of ways to kill both Igon and Jenny, uh, including as Cordy finds decapitation, and Xander says that Jenny can be the first headless computer teacher in school. And is that another reference to passion with her neck? I, I think it is. And also, as Alex pointed out oh boyfriend. yes um he pointed out that a headless computer would be a monitorless computer and what does angelus break he smashes the monitor he sure does yep interesting <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, Cordy has had it with being nice to Xander and starts with the insults. <laughs> <laughs> he stands up and tries to get all tough and she looks at him all. <laughs> I, I think she might be channeling a little Jenny Calendar. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Xander says that after 12 years, he's going to snap. And Cordy's like, fucking bring it, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and then things get a little heated in a different way than either of them expected. And if Willow hadn't jumped in, they totally would have made out. At least. Yes. Yeah. And if he required. might have had less of a job to do later. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you know, some, some of the right around the curves. Good, good, good. Maybe it'll just last longer than two minutes. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you require proof gentle listeners look at their faces while willow is yelling at them they are completely horrified and also completely turned on <laughs> so willow it should be noted just intimidated cordelia chase with her impression of giles and bucky's yes. mind um and and cordy says that they're sorry <laughs> She is very sorry. <laughs> sorry, Willow. Um, getting back on track, Xander suggests propping up another dead body for Igon to take, and Cordy agrees. That's not a bad plan. Mm-hmm. But Willow thinks that just prolong- that will just prolong the whole Igon situation, and then Buffy's spirit, subbing in for her mind, has it. And honestly, what she comes up with is one of the most brilliant plans in the series. Yes. This is one of the best. It's so good. Willow runs out, and Xander tells Cordy that Willow is good. Cordy smiles delightedly. With no irony whatsoever, she is having a great time. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Back in Ethan's House of Chaos, Ethan compliments his tattoo work, and I have to admit, it's not bad. Mm -hmm. Especially considering that he did it by hand. I mean, it's not a mark you want on you at all, but still, nice work, Ethan. If it's worth doing, it's worth doing well. (laughs) (laughs) Buffy tries to talk him out of his plan, but Ethan is ready to go all in, which he does by burning off his own tattoo with acid. And good Lord, where did that bicep come from? I don't know. (laughs) He's built, he's got the forearms, he's he's got got the bicep. Yeah. Yeah. Robin Sachs was a hot dude. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Giles, still recovering from his most recent and also quite a few other head injuries, is stumbling around trying to get his shit together to go help. He gets another Igon vision. This one is uh, the unfortunate Randall uh, tattoo. Igon, not Jenny with glowing eyes, and the tattoo on the back of Buffy's neck. So at least he knows what Ethan is up to now. Ethan's all bandaged up, bandaged up and ready to take off when Igon shows up. And I like his, I hate to mutilate and run. I know, I love that. <laughs> Always gonna... um, okay, and we weren't, we, we couldn't tell in this scene. When Igon comes in, we're not sure if it's, it's Romeo Lamort or a stunt person, but whoever it is. Or if they're intercutting the two right, of them back and forth. Both of them are meeting in the middle. If it's, if it's her and it's, it's a, a stunt guy or a stunt woman, could be easily, mm-hmm. um, we can't tell where they meet. Yeah. I mean, the only hint I have that it might not be her is that the pants are kind of weird before she turns back into Jenny. Yeah. The pants, are, there's but a, in a some costuming scenes, where they've been seamed a little differently yeah, in back. But in some scenes, they're in a cut where it is her. Yeah. Cause I, I, mean, I bet they filmed it twice. I bet they filmed I bet they it once too. with the with the stunt and yeah. once with her so they can intercut it and make us just say, I don't yeah. know. And she, I mean, and the... The way the, this walk, mm-hmm. it's almost like they're walking backwards or on hooves. Yeah, it's or, so or like creepy the knees and are cool. supposed to bend another way. Yeah, or it's it's like a pan kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, that's um, a good way to put it. And it's just it's Ooh. unnerving to, to watch. What somebody, if I gone as pan? C- it easily could be. Oh, that's or like so a scary. branch off a of pan. Oh, pan, oh. Is, pan, pan freaks me out with yeah. the horns and I mean it's definitely plausible. Yeah. Um, and uh, 
I mean, it's it's just it's kind of like the uncanny valley. It's mm-hmm. like in, walking enough like a human, but not, and it's 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 unnerving and viscerally kind of creepy. Yeah. Um, and I mean, and 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 Robbie Lamort, she was a dancer for Prince back in the day. Um, so I can see her pulling this off easily. Um, and the physicality is so different. I don't know. I just I love what they did with this scene. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is this is this is what it would look like if there was a, a creepy. Uh, fucking sleepwalking creepy fucking thing who took over your girlfriend like yeah. this is what it would look like yeah totally <laughs> and not quite sure how to walk around as her mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um so uh Igon tells ethan directly that it's his time and uh, buffy uh has almost got her rope cut through and Igon has a sniff of ethan but the tattoo switch has most definitely had the effect ethan was hoping for Igon pushes ethan aside to get to buffy and buffy is having none of this nonsense and pops <laughs> off a rope getting on her back and kicking the table over on Igon. nice move Igon goes after her with the table and uh, but giles comes in offering himself instead both to save buffy and to save jenny uh buffy tries to intervene but Igon throws her off and gets giles on the ground and is just about to finish him when the door flies open and it's angel he tackles Yay. Igon and starts to strangle him the rest of the crew come in and giles tries to stop angel but willow the spirit grabs the mind and says <laughs> trust me and I'm going to go all broken record and say this plan is tremendous. <laughs> so good. It's so smart. <laughs> Xander and Cordy are making sure Buffy is okay. And again, Cordy is being incredibly sweet. She like, touches Buffy on the arm. Mm-hmm. So cute. Yeah. Um, Angel is continuing to choke Igon when exactly what Willow was hoping for happens. Igon, thinking his existing host is in peril, hops out and is Angel. Jenny falls on the floor herself again. Uh, Angel's face distorts and he goes, oh, goes all kinds of wonky for a minute. And then he falls to the floor. Giles is all worried about Jenny, and you can see Ethan sneaking off in the background. <laughs> I'll just, um, bye. <laughs> Buffy explains, for those of us who had no idea what the fuck just happened the first time I watched this, and yes, I was most definitely one of them, that Angel uh, forced the demon to jump into the nearest dead body, his, but that Igon didn't know that Angel's body contained a bigger, badder demon. And since we've all seen Angel the series, we know that the demon in, in there is seriously badass. Yeah. <laughs> Angel confirms that his demon is now delighted, having waited a couple of hundred years for a good dust up. <laughs> <laughs> and this isn't Angelus. And no. this isn't Angel. This is a different thing. Yeah. yeah. This is what's powering the machine. This, yes, it's exactly. The, it's the engine behind. The dead body is propped up by this thing, just like yeah. the dead bodies are propped up by Igon. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, yeah, it's freaky looking when we finally yeah. do see it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's fantastic. Oh, too. yeah. I yeah. love the way they did it. Uh-huh. Um, and again, the, the CG or whatever, you know, however they were doing the special effects in this scene mm-hmm. is seamless. It is really good. It's really and I, no, I, I can't remember if it, if it was this good in the original or it's just the remaster. Yeah, whatever I don't it know, is, but it's it great. Is, whatever they've done, I completely buy it. Yep. I'm not seeing anywhere that the special effects are being done. No, it was really good. Yeah. Xander observes that Ethan has run, a wa- run off again. <laughs> and Buffy is a little disappointed that she didn't get to punch him in the face some more. Um, <laughs> Cordy's glad it's over and they watch as Giles escorts a very tired and snuggly Jenny calendar out of the store. This is already a different Jenny. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, though, she's still not pissed yet. Yeah. At school, Buffy uh, is bummed that her shoe fund will have to be used for tattoo removal. And I have to say, Joyce is always worried about money, but Buffy gets a pretty big allowance to be able to afford getting a tat taken off, especially a magical one. I bet her dad sends her money. <laughs> I would think so. Because I mean, that's one thing that rich absent, dad, absent dads do. 
right? Send money. They send money. Well, he did buy her all those shoes. Yeah. <laughs> um, she has a scarf tied around her neck, of course, and is hoping that will be enough to hide it from Joyce. And I wouldn't worry about it, Buffy. Joyce hasn't noticed much of anything about you for a very long time. <laughs> Xander compliments Willow on her demon cage match idea. Uh, and we've already covered that, so I'll just say word. Uh, <laughs> Buffy suggests that Willow would make a good watcher, but Willow says it's too much stress, and she admires Giles for being able to handle it. Buffy, completely relating to him, especially after hearing about his rebellious 20s, says she doesn't think he has a choice in the matter. Uh, Giles has found Jenny. He says that he tried to call, but she confirms that she had her phone off the hook because being possessed by Igon tends to lead to a great deal of fatigue, as one would expect. Mm-hmm. Um, she also got whomped on by the Slayer, so that can't have been fun to recover from. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Got kicked in the face. Yeah. <laughs> and she looks tired and yeah. worn. Her, her makeup here is reminding me of Winona Ryder from Beetlejuice. Yeah. Little goth girl, you yeah. know. Yeah, she's she's more pale than usual. She usually has a nice, healthy complexion. She's kind of pale, mm-hmm. and she's a little darker on the eyes. Yeah. Um. He asks if there's anything she needs, and she says she's fine. Not great, but fine. He tries to make arrangements to see her, but she puts him off with some time. He tries to touch her, and uh, she won't let him, and then she goes off to class. And here, here's what I think is going on with Jenny. Um. When she first returns to herself, this is where we'd expect her to be pissed with Giles, right? Yeah, totally. Uh, and she, but she clings to him. Um, I think her double agent plan was going along pretty well until this episode. She, uh, she comes in, she finds Buffy's watcher, she flirts with him, she really does like him, um, mm-hmm. and she loves giving him shit. So this assignment is pretty good, right? It's not a bad, not a bad deal. Yeah. Um, he's totally hot, so she makes plans for sexy times that weekend. Uh, she likes him, and she'll be able to do her job, and things are great. Yeah. And double agents have sex with people all the time Absolutely for Absolutely they do, especially if they're super hot watchers. <laughs> <laughs> and then Igon happens. And she sees, and it definitely seems that she was awake and aware during this possession. We know that from other possessions. Yes. That for the most part. We know it from, are, just from Halloween. Right. That people are awake and aware. Um, so she saw all of this. We can assume. Mm-hmm. Um, so she sees that he refuses to have sex with her unless she's totally, completely okay and, and ready. Um, she won't even kiss her unless he knows that she is completely consenting. Mm-hmm. He's sweet and he's kind and he's worried about her. And later he offers his life, his body to Igon to save her. Yeah. She realizes then how much he cares about her and she feels terrible. She realized, realizes what she's been doing. This isn't just fun sex with Buffy's hot watcher so she can spy an angel Giles absolutely has feelings for her, and later on she'll tell Giles she fell in love with him, and I think that happens during this episode. So, that is a really interesting observation. Well, and I, 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 it was, I was just watching Romeo Lamore in this, this scene. Um, so, I mean, now she can't do her job because that would be betraying him, and she can't be with him because the folks who gave her the mission she's on, and those folks, let's not forget, are her family, mm-hmm. will expect information, and she'll be betraying them, so she breaks up with him. Yep. And this is, I mean, you, you can sense. see, you can see, and I, I told you to watch Robbie Lamort this, oh, this yeah. time around. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can see how hard the breakup is for her. And it's beautifully acted. Mm-hmm. Um, she does not get enough credit for playing Jenny. No, no um, she doesn't. She's, I mean, you watch her, she's tearing up. When she first sees him, she starts to tear up because mm-hmm. um, she knows what's coming. She backs up the stairs. She, just, she doesn't have to break eye contact with him. That is not something you'd expect during a breakup mm-hmm. at all. When he reaches for her, she doesn't jerk away like someone who's angry or afraid or even upset. 
She just steps back because she can't let him touch her or she won't be able to go through with what she needs to do. And I think when we watch the scene, we tend to be kind of fixated on Giles because he's our guy, right? But oh, if, you, yeah. if you watch Jenny, it's clear. She is broken by this. Yeah. And she feels she has to do this. And thing. she's blaming it on the possession. Yeah, she's making it. And I don't think she can lie directly to him. Mm-hmm. I think she's just because she doesn't actually say, I'm pissed at you for this. She doesn't make it clear at all. She just makes lets him assume that that's what it is. Mm-hmm. But I think what it really is, is she can't do her job and be with him. And she can't give up on either of those things. So yeah. she just has to no. end the whole deal. I think you're totally right. Yeah. It's really very, it's really sad when you watch it. Yeah. I um, think you're totally right. And Buffy has also seen this sad little scene and goes to a clearly devastated Giles. He's sure that Jenny won't ever forgive him for Igon, and that really is the only conclusion he can jump to um, because he doesn't have all the information. Uh, He thinks that she might not forgive him, and Buffy thinks he should forgive himself. This scene will echo later in one of the most beautiful episodes of the show when Giles talks Buffy through her own guilt and refuses to forgive herself. Um, Giles says that he was hoping Buffy would never see that side of himself. She says that she's not going to lie to him, reminding us of the very end of Lie to Me, and admits... Uh, he scared her, possibly because she saw firsthand that the good guys are not always stalwart and true. She says that she's used to him being an adult and that him being an actual person was a little strange. <laughs> and I think we've all been there yeah. as we're growing up. <laughs> Giles says that some adults are short-sighted and foolish. Buffy is really adorable here, trying to cheer him up by saying that she finally found something they have in common. And then she gets even better, um, saying that they should be training and giving him something else to think about and uh, returning him uh, very kindly as he did at the end of lie to me to their area of expertise at issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and she brought music <laughs> <laughs> and she, she's like, say it. And he does. <laughs> yeah. And then he remembers who he is mm-hmm. and he feels like, better. Okay. And then uh, letting just a little bit out, uh, he says that he thinks that Bay City Rollers are much better and Buffy is horrified. (laughs) (laughs) And there's progress right there. But from what we learned about Giles, I'm thinking more it would have been Jeff's an airplane. Yeah. Probably underground. Wire Rabbit. (laughs) Yes. Absolutely. Do do pull up White Rabbit on YouTube by Jeff's an airplane and Uh you will see some shit. (laughs) We're going to have to get 20 reviews for that one. I can do it though. That would be awesome. Twenty reviews. I give you White Rabbit. <laughs> I might even have a musician in the house who could give me some backup. <laughs> yep. <laughs> awesome. I'll do it. So, the episode. The episode. Yep. And this concludes our Ripper arc. It does indeed. For now. And um. Yeah, he and he and Buffy. I mean, they've learned a lot about each other in these three yeah, episodes. We for have sure. well, and we've alluded to this a couple times, and we'll get into it more and more as we go. Um, but we've always thought that Ripper was chosen, or sorry, Giles, haha, <laughs> <laughs> uh, was chosen to be Buffy's watcher for a reason, yes. and that Buffy has a deeper intrinsic darkness than perhaps other Slayers have had, and uh, and more flexibility. Yeah, um, you know, she's also reform and not orthodox yeah, yeah she totally she's very spike <laughs> yes um as we saw from the mark on their cheek mm-hmm. um and absolutely and and giles is not your traditional watcher yeah you know he sounds like most watchers since the beginning of watchers were just dialed in and they did their thing and they did this their whole lives mm-hmm. but giles is different well yeah and and just like a lot of slayers they probably got dialed in did their thing absolutely well we see that die. we see that with kendra yeah we totally do well, but I mean, the, buffy burned down a gym she lost right. her first watcher she's got 
other stuff. We need somebody who's capable of taking care of right. her um, and, and, and her, guiding her. And her connection to, to, uh, to family and friends. It's a yeah. huge part. I mean, we don't see that with any slayers that we know oh, of. Oh, yeah. So, but we have to choose. You know, so the council, when they're looking at what Watcher to give mm -hmm. this slayer, they pull Giles out of the British Museum. Right. Like, he already had an important job, probably protecting some pretty important artifacts. Absolutely. Which probably shouldn't fall into the wrong hands. Right. Um, and they took him out of that to give him to Buffy. Mm -hmm. So there's something about the Ripper-Giles combo that is echoed in Buffy absolutely and her struggle with her own darkness absolutely that we will get into even more <laughs> um you know and I think that's why he is hers yes you know I totally agree yeah yeah so we we can watch that a little bit too <laughs> and she's seen more of his dark side and perhaps she'll tell him about hers yeah when it actually happens mm-hmm yeah, well, that's one thing that Giles can always get from Buffy is her honesty, <laughs> even when it's about sleeping with Spike. <laughs> yes, <laughs> a lot of times he just doesn't think to ask for it. Yeah, like he he'll go in Watcher mode, and she really needs help. And I mean, that's where I see them missing each other is mm -hmm. is he goes full Watcher, and she's being she just needs to have a breakdown. He won't let her. Yeah, get well, it. and she knows she needs to be full Slayer, so she's right. Buffy waits to be human until she's given permission. And when no one gives her permission for long periods of time, she starts to go a little cray-cray. Because cray. Well, she bottles and bottles and bottles and yeah, bottles and bottles. because someone needs to come home. along and say, hey, here's a safe place for you to be human. Right. And if they don't do that, then she just keeps on bottling and the she person, just doesn't know how to let that out. And the person, the only person, she she will do that with is Giles at this point. Mm -hmm. um, even Angel, once in a while, not very often, and it yeah. takes a lot. Like, you know, the ending of when she was bad, when she is breaking down an angel was there absolutely she'll do it mm -hmm. but if it's something like if it's before the breakdown and she just needs to let off a little bit of steam giles needs to be that person for her because he's her dad well yeah and and with angel she still is trying to impress him yes. and figure out where they are and which, she doesn't feel safe which why she bottles right until like the steam is coming out of the thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, yeah it's uh i i do love ripper i love my ripper yes yes we love complicated characters mm-hmm and uh, Giles delivers on that one in space. Absolutely. And yeah. brilliantly acted by Anthony Stewart Head since uh, Nightmares, I believe. Yeah. Was the first time we saw Ripper. Or at least the first time we saw Ripper. Not yeah, the first time Ripper first was there, because I'm sure we missed him. Yeah. <laughs> He's probably there from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, even just behind that little smile when he first gives her the vampire book. Yep. The, the Slayer that handbook. The little likely. grin. The yeah. little, ee -hee, I've got my own Slayer grin. Hee -hee -hee. <laughs> Look at my Slayers here. Oh, wait, you don't yeah. care? Okay. <laughs> but yeah. So uh, yeah. I think that's all I got. How about yeah, you? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Okay. Fun episode. Yeah. yeah. Very and fun. sad. Fun and sad. Mm -hmm. Like the show. The show is also yep. fun and sad. <laughs> and uh, so next week is going to be a long one. <laughs> As if you didn't get enough from oh, the triple threat this mercy. week. Mercy. Um, yeah. So next week we're going to do... Um, What's my line? Parts one and two. All in one episode. All in one episode. Pray for us. <laughs> <laughs> this is our second episode tonight and we're pretty loopy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't. It's a lot of stuff in that one. It's going to be great fun. It will. Great It'll be fun. really, really fun. We're really looking yep. forward to it. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, that's going to be a nice long one. And then after that, we'll get back to our usual for a minute. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we'll have more doubles coming up. Yes, we will. Yep. And we will have to drink heavily for that next double. We will indeed.
and then drink heavily again for the next couple. So um, pray for our livers as well. <laughs> yes. Pray that I have the next day off after podcasting so I'm not hungover at work. Have to take some PTO on because that one. I am 40. Yes. <laughs> Much like Giles. Uh, so uh, this is After All the Dodgers Club podcast where all members are exceptional. Be seeing you, bitches. <laughs> and scene.